just now that it's uh, the laughter prepares us for the next course. <laughs> like a palate cleanser at an exclusive dinner. Now, I haven't been to too many of those, but the times that I have, they give you some delicacy in between courses that just changes the palate because the next course that's coming along Wait, 
the Lord. You know why? You've praised yourself enough, Buckwheat. You've praised yourself enough. You've had enough Mises. <laughs> Mises. You've had enough Mises. It's time to praise the Lord with the congregation. Fascinating, as I was walking amongst the congregation here, and there, and everywhere, 
inside the angel of Shekinah of the entire body of Jesus Christ, of which we are the head, according to the word and the will of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven, there was all kinds of piercings into my stomach and into my back. And the Lord God Almighty said, You are cleansing their mouths. As you walk amongst the congregation, you are forgiving the leper colonies, for leprosy is the sin of the mouth, the gossiping, the lying, the slandering, the backbiting. Sometimes it's not even overt. Sometimes it's just praying like Nimrod. And how many of y'all know Nimrod was a prayer warrior? Mm-hmm. The Tower of Babel was a prayer of all nations. Right? I've dealt with that a lot. But the Bible says he was a great hunter. And he was a wicked, evil, anti-Christ king. Because while he had the appearance of good and was praying, he would murder and steal from human beings. That's what great hunter, Nimrod, Genesis 10, means in Hebrew. Great hunter means stealing and murdering while praying. Now I know you guys have never seen that before, but there's people out there that actually do that, that have the appearance of good, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves, and not the wolf like Benjamin either. Now Benjamin's a wonderful ravenous wolf of righteousness. He was called Righteous Benjamin of the Moon, of Yassad, of holiness and purity and righteousness, awesome sexual purity in Benjamin and Joseph, his brother, the only two of Rachel and all the wives of Israel that were called righteous in Torah. So that's the real wolf of God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with a wolf pack. God created wolves. Amen. That's what scripture says. Torah. God created all the animals. He created everything. He's the maker of heaven and earth and everything in it is held together by his Torah. Genesis. It is written. So now we're learning how to cleanse creation. And so we're cleansing each other with love from above in the great white dove. You know what that means? Sacrificing inconvenience, selfishness, sometimes comforts. What is said about the great men of faith in Hebrews 11? They were not worthy of this world. They lived in caves and holes in the ground. What does that mean? All the mansions were controlled by the wicked who had the appearance of good. Therefore, the righteous, if you read scripture, They lived in caves. Who's that? Elijah? Who's that? King David. You know King David lived in a cave for like almost two decades on the run from the religious spirit, the Antichrist, that had completely embittered Saul's soul so that Saul had lost his mind. He wasn't battling Saul anymore. Saul was gone. Saul had died. It wasn't David versus Saul. It was David versus Satan. Somebody type amen in the comments or say amen in the crowd. Amen. Amen. (laughs) It was David versus Satan. We want to think we're combating sometimes human beings, and oftentimes we are because the demons are blood-sucking vampires, but it's often Satan that you're warring against, and you need to see both the wisdom of the animal, the host body, the human being, the homo sapien sapien mammal, 
And the blood that's being sucked by the demon spirit or the blood that's being enriched by the Holy Spirit because there's both things happening to all flesh and blood on earth right now. Some is being made holy as temples of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Who's in you? The apostle asks you, who's in you? I don't know, Jesus, Jesus. Well, I tell you the truth, yes, I know you think that, but let's get those foreskins <laughs> cut in your hearts, ten of them first, and everything of the foreskin in the heart of the circumcision of the mark of the new covenant is all about getting that inner guile, all that crookedness, selfishness, all that humanity, that 666 number of the human being, all that Nimrod selfishness, all that Nimrod iniquity, all that Nimrod killing and stealing while outwardly praying, but just staring at myself at the TV, not worshiping God at all. Just looking at me, myself, and I out here with the I am's of Isaiah 14, which is Satan. So Satan and the I am's of self is what you deal with. That's what the foreskin of the heart is. That's what the membrane, the antimony of Lucifer, Satan, of the heart is. And we want to say, we don't have any of that. The only one that doesn't have any of that is Jesus Christ and his sword, which is the high priest circumcision tool. He uses a sword on you. Inside the walls of Jerusalem, friends circumcise you. Outside the walls mm -hmm. of Jerusalem, enemies annihilate you. In the kingdom or out of the kingdom. That's all that exists in this world, people. We have this delusional state where there's options. We go in and out of the kingdom, in and out of the pearls, in and out of the gemstones, in and out of the 12 na names of the 12 apostles, in and out of the 12 names of the 12 tribes of Israel which the Bible says is the promised land of a Christian believer. And we're rarely in all the time. So we need to learn how to stay in. How do you stay in? Stay circumcised of heart. Amen? How do we stay circumcised of heart? Well, Genesis 10.9 tells you how not to be circumcised of heart. Hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He was a mighty hunter before Yarevave. Why before? Because he was outside the kingdom. Therefore, he was before. Notice the lamb is in the center of the throne. That's in the kingdom. He's in Jerusalem. Come on now. In Jerusalem, out of Jerusalem. Before the Lord or in the Lord. Body of Christ or before Christ. Hello? What does it mean to be before Christ in prophetic language or the language of Torah, the language of wisdom? To be outside of his body, to be in the human being, to be hunted. I'm not hunted. You're hunted. You know that you're being hunted. The issue is you're also being fished. Jeremiah 16, 16. Behold, listen carefully. I will send for you many fishermen, says the Lord Jesus Christ. And they will fish for them. And afterward, I will send many hunters. And they will hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and from out of the clefts of the rocks. At first I send the fishers, then I send the hunters. Who's the greatest hunter? The Bible tells you Nimrod, the Antichrist, the embodiment of the clippeth of all the Satans and principalities in one man, king of wickedness. That's why he's called Great Hunter, because he had the greatest skill to appear good, perfect in front of all the nations, so they're all deceived, and yet while they had the appearance of praying, looking good on the outside, he was murdering and stealing not just their finances, not just from their houses, but also from their souls and from their spirits. Hello? 
You think it's any different today in Babylon the Great? Babylon the Great just means a magnification of ancient Babel. Hello? Are you sleeping? Wake up. Babylon the Great means Nimrod times 200 million. Buckwheat. That's the system you were born and raised in. And that's why things are the way they are. So screwed up. Some people like it. Why? Because they're hunters. Hunters like this system. Sinners like this system. Murderers like this system. Thieves like this system. They like Babylon the Great. Don't think and sit there that people are just going to hate Babylon. They're going to hate Nimrod. No. My experience as a prophet of God is most like it. Most hate the system of the Lamb because it's sacrificial of the self-nature of the items of Satan. Hello? Isaiah 14. Read your Bibles. Most hate the cross. As is written, many have become the enemies of the cross, and few have Christ's interests in mind. Who says that? Apostle Paul. Why? He knows farewell because he was a hunter before he was a fisherman. Right? What's a hunter? He went around killing Christians, stealing everything from their houses, thinking he was right in his own mind. Woo! We're not stepping on toes tonight. We're circumcising hearts with Torah. And maybe circumcising a few toes. <laughs> Amen. That's the deep wisdom, and that is Malkut. Amen. So, it's time for us to understand everything. Come and see. We want you guys to be so equipped with practical wisdom that works angelically that you're not hunted during these times by the ten forms of Laban sorceries. Laban was a comrade of Nimrod. Mm, oh, buddy. Oh, yes. Ancient wisdom. Now, Abraham, we know, was put in Nimrod's furnace. How do we know that? Scripture says in Jasher, Jasher is a reliable source. You know that? As it's, it's written in the book of Jasher. You know, Torah says that. So we know Jasher is a reliable source of the history of the Jewish race of Israel. So you need to read the book of Jasher. The book of Jasher is filled with mysteries of Torah. Read the book of Jasher. Read the book of Jubilees. Read it and rejoice that God has given you wisdom and understanding into the kingdom of heaven's secrets. Because you have the Holy Ghost. He'll unlock them if your heart is pure before the Lord and your hands are clean and there's no self-promotion and you're not here just to steal and murder like a Nimrod who pretended to be praying while he killed and stole from human beings. Christianity is so crooked nowadays. It's mostly Nimrod and it's mostly Babel. How do we know that? The great apostle John says in those days the whole system will become Babel the Great. What is he talking about? Christianity will become a house of every unclean and detestable bird and beast. What is he talking about? The whole kingdom of hell will live inside the guise of the goodness of Christianity. That's what's written in the Bible. Read the book of Revelation again. It says that. Well, hallelujah, not my form, brother. If your form ain't sapphire stone, it is. If your form is not the heavens above and Jacob's ladder that the Messiah Jesus Christ purchased as the door 
to the very ladder of the rungs of the God I am whom I serve in the Spirit, in the presence of His glory, and in His eyes. Before His eyes? Well, are we slain with the Lamb? Revelation 5-6 says, In His eyes and in His horns. Like, horns are demons, bro. No, that's not true. Horns represent power, bro. The horns of His altar where you need to be sacrificed, bro. So you need to be bound with cords to the horns of the altar, according to the psalmist. To be what? A living sacrifice. So the Messiah's horns, which is called Christianity, or the oil of the anointed one, Christ of Christianity. What does that mean? The anointing of the anointed one, 100% of the time in the New Testament. What is oil? Bro, it is the anointing of the anointed one. It means that I have sacrificed my life for Jesus to live his life, his expression, any way he wants to through me. And if I'm blocking him, I'm not his friend in that area of my heart. I'm his enemy. Now, how does Jesus treat enemies? He just lets them go. You just have none of me in that area. You just live a human life and die. But if you become his friend in that area, which means obedient to his commandments, who are my friends, those who obey me, it is written, you say you love me, prove it by obedience to my commandments. Jesus Christ, red letters. Very few obedient these days. (laughs) Very, very few. A lot of talkers, very few walkers. Mm -hmm. We got talkers, but no walkers. We need walkie-talkies, not just talkie-talkies. Amen? Someone say amen. Amen! Amen. We need to walk and talk. Don't just be silenced. Silence is another word for hell. Don't go down into Duma, it is written in Psalms. Hell, be silenced with the fallen angels. Don't be silenced with the sinners and the wicked who have no expression and no voice ever again amongst the living who walk the surface of Malkudasiah, earth. We need to be amongst the voice of many waters so that our voice remains in the land of the living, the land the Lord our God has given us, which is all the earth and all the heavens and all the rungs through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. As is written, the earth is somebody's, the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. Why do you believe some of it belongs to the devil? You ever ask yourself that? Why you contradict and disbelieve the scriptures which you say are true, but you just don't live it? Because you lack the circumcisions of the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and those areas of your heart, soul, mind, will, emotions, and brain. And brain. You need your circumcision of your brain. You've heard of circumcision outwardly, and you know you're not that type of Jew of the circumcision group that's outwardly circumcised, Colossians 2 forbids that as actually clip a sorcery, (laughs) right? But the circumcision of the heart is a true Jew. Romans 2. Why is that even important? Because to the Jews belong all the history of Yadivave. To the patriarchs were given something. You read the Bible? All the stars and all the sands? What sands? Earth? All the heavens and the earth were given to Abraham? That's what the Bible says. Do you believe Genesis? Why is it important to be a new covenant messianic Jew? 
without the rituals and the rites of Leviticus, literally, but Leviticus in wisdom spiritually, the wisdom of Leviticus. Why is it important? Because to the Jews was given every single thing in the universe. And if you don't identify as a circumcised Jew of heart, you have zero inheritance in Gentile Christianity, and that's why you're cursed and augured. Come on now. You see, I'm telling you the truth because I care about you. If I didn't care about you, I'd say just go on with Gentile Christianity another thousand years. Maybe you'll get something out of it if you pray in tongues enough. Maybe you'll get something out of it if you do a little more fasting. Maybe if you do some more works, bro. We would just, honestly, (laughs) if we just didn't care, we'd just come out with a bunch of books and overprice them. Buy our books. Blah, blah, blah. Buy the MP3s, bro. Buy the MP3s. The and new then, MP3 set was just dropped. And then we'd dropped. make up our own. Then we would make up our own agenda and our own itinerary, and just go on tour and city city and raise funds. And the MP3s are fifty percent off. Hold the little babies. September. You think we don't have enough experience in Babylon the Great to know you can go hold the babies and shake the hands with the politicians and for, and all the little things? You think that's not something that's been an option? It's not that hard. To go and just be in Babylon the Great, religious, and we could just be, you know, ultra professional and hire this and do that and have people, you know, so we could hire a social media team and blow it up and do all this. But it's worthless. All that activity is worthless to us. Unless God says, all right, this is a plan. This is what you're going to do. Do it. That's what we do. That's why it doesn't look like anything else right now. It doesn't look like that over here. It doesn't look that over here. It's what God's doing. If we were just going to do what we want to do, we would just go the professional route of, all right, what's going to make the most money and be the best thing and have the best image. We'd have and no persecution. That. Yeah. But you know, we have the most persecution. Yeah. Why is that? Because we represent the Father mm-hmm. in Jerusalem accurately. Truth, anyhow. Yeah. And we want you to as well, which is called image bearing of Yarevave in your countenance. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, let's look at the Sephirot. Let's talk about image bearing. We had a really uh, intensive, if you guys remember, yesterday, last night, we really went in deep on augury, uh, Freemasonry, and sorcery, which is uh, knowledge of the enemy devices and what they use to control your desires through sin, sin patterns, repetitive sin patterns, contracts, through image bearing and uncircumcision. We talked about a lot of that. That was very upsetting uh, to the enemy (laughs) last night. That was very upsetting to them. So I'm very happy with the ground that we covered. So thank you if you stuck around to listen to that message. Again, hell hates it when you pay attention and you take notes. They hate it when you understand. And so we like that, right? If it's really upsetting the enemy, that makes us happy. That's, that's a good thing. So, uh, you know, carry on with your anointed note-taking. I've got a word for some people. There was a little bit of, uh, you know, sometimes there's areas where we have weaknesses. Maybe it was tough for you to pay attention in school, take notes. There might be some wounds or trauma there of some kind. I think there's a few people. Don't worry about the really pretty notes, right? We've got some anointed people that have like the best quality notes. It looks like you could publish it in a book. 
And then you might look at your chicken scratch like, I can't hardly read it. <laughs> Just remember my stick man with the sword. You know, like you could have pictures. Only Everyone, sin is in competition. Yeah. So when you're taking your notes, it doesn't really matter initially what it's going to look like. The best place to start is just to start. If you overthink, how am I going to organize it all? It might do you some benefit to put a little thought into the organization. Where can I find this later? That might be important. Whether you like paper notes, notebooks, or you like to do the electronic, uh, electronic notes, notepads, cell phones, iPhones, whatever it is that you like to do or something that you're comfortable, you know you're going to look at it again later. That's the most important part. Something that you can easily and conveniently, somewhat conveniently review. So let's say later tonight, you might want to do just a quick read over through your notes before you go to bed. Actually, go right before you go to bed, that's a great time to review righteousness. Because when you study the oral tradition at night, which is what we teach here, oral tradition of the wisdom of Moses and the oral tradition of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, mm -hmm. there are actually many listed benefits by rabbinical scholars over thousands of years that say, when you study oral tradition at night, which means the sun has gone down, there are a myriad of benefits. It's a little bit different than studying the written word at, you know, at night. You have the moon that rules the night, you have the sun that rules the day. Either one's going to be beneficial any time, day or night. They're going to be great anytime you're dealing with any kind of wow. problem. But there's a special benefit at nighttime because the oral uh, tradition represents Shekinah or the moon, right? Malkut and the moon. So when you do it at night, it protects you from, let's say you're going into public places and there's a lot of clippeth, clippething music and idolatry and just all kinds of different temptations of false love and eros and things like that. Studying oral tradition at night under the power of the moon actually enhances your protection from those things. It also will help you protect yourself from yourself in the sense of wanting to study the Bible or Torah to one-up somebody else, to have that one-upmanship. Even if it's not really obvious, if there's like a subtle hint of it in there, this will protect you. And this is something that's been noted and studied for many years, hundreds of years, even thousands of years. Uh, it's a benefit. Now, what do you mean? No, that sounds strange. Now we're studying by the light of the full moon. Are you saying, are you into mooncraft? Okay. Uh, let me quote, uh, let me give you a quote here from uh, David Hogan, our honorary Joel's oh, yeah. army. We love David Remember? Hogan. Now, one thing that stood out to me when we were watching his, uh, his videos, David Hogan, <laughs> As he's, he'll tell you because he's been all over the world and he goes into all kinds of places, right? If you haven't watched his stuff, it's a really good impartation. He's bold. He's fearless. He'll go where no one wants to go. I've met him. I've told many stories Apostolic. about our meeting. Right. And I know some people are newer. They might not have been around to hear all those stories. Most of you probably already know who he is, but I think there might be some of you. you don't. Maybe you don't know him yet. Uh, but just He flipped off the whole congregation mm -hmm. when he preached. He came in there and gave mm -hmm. everyone the birdie. He's a proficient dead raiser. That's crazy. Jesus Christ has like physically appeared to him multiple times. He got, I think it was like a chunk of his head missing from a bullet wound or something yeah. like that. Machetes. Jesus came and healed him because he knew he'd go right back to work the next day, and he did. 
he took the night off, you know, to spend with his wife, and it was amazing for him. But Real apostle. went right back to work the next day. Dead raising, he touched lepers and gave them hugs. I mean, just in the dirtiest, nastiest places you could possibly imagine, where nobody wants to go, but the souls are precious to Jesus, and he loves Jesus, and that's where he sent, so that's where he goes. I mean, he's a real soldier, and uh, probably one of the greatest of the uh, church age apostolic. I'd say, you know, that that's that's the top of the apostolic for the church age is yep, David Hogan. That's as good as it gets before mm -hmm. sapphire stones and uh him and heidi baker yeah truth and yeah just caring for the people you know so it's really wonderful so anyway he was talking about uh, all the history books you know are pretty much just wrong nothing's really how they actually you know depict it to be after traveling around and seeing just the reality of things and him being in a relationship with god in a very real way in a raw way uh, it's very you know anti He's very anti-Clippeth in his nature. Oh, yeah, he hates the he devil. He hates the devil. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> he does. Glory. And he loves Jesus. And one of the things that he talked about was the effects of the full moon physic on physical uh, materials and substances. That's why it's like, oh, the books are wrong, everything's wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of recorded things are just wrong. And he, fi he finds out that God created the world in really peculiar ways. There's still some effects. And this is one of the things he talked about, how the full moon would affect the plant growth and when you harvest things. And I know that kind of maybe that sounds to you like maybe you know some kind of new age girls, they go out and they do their little full moon rituals and you're like, aha, okay, get your crystals, I'm sure, yeah, okay, it's... It's that moon cycle again. No there they go. In Jerusalem. I used to work in one place. The girls in the office <laughs> at the one of the hotels, they literally had a picture, a poster on the wall, the phases of the moon. They're like, yeah, we live by the phases of the moon here. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I see all kinds You'll of You'll love things. Rachel. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, uh, you know, everyone would be like, oh, man, it's the full moon. Everyone, anywhere I work. They usually don't love Rachel, do they? No, they usually like the black moon. They yeah. like Lilith most of the time, unless... Unless Rachel would benefit them, then they would like Rachel. Righteous right? Rachel. So. She is the full moon. Yep. Amen. All right. Oh, yeah. So the full moon. So David Hogan, he goes into these uh, kind of primitive places, undeveloped places, where they're literally building huts out of all kinds of materials that you can cut down. I know, like bamboo, straw, just like really primitive structures. And he found out that they would go out and harvest the materials for their huts only during the full moon physical natural full moon and that sounds kind of like oh you know whatever superstition we're modern we're american christians we don't believe in that well guess what they found out if they harvested the plant materials at any other time that it was not the full moon they would rot and it waste away mm -hmm. but if they harvested them it's so the same plant growing day after day, but if you go out and you cut it and you harvest it during the full moon, they last for generations. It's infused with chicane, isn't it? Yep. So it's that natural external Kabbalah of God's design of the Sephirot through the external planets, physically, that actually influences how things work. And we're just ignorant and religious and Everything's paranoid. Made out of light. And we're just ignorant of that. And so actually uh, some organic um, backyard farmers that I would meet or they would, they were kind of into like the moon cycles or the stars 
and uh, or planting sunflowers and vegetables and things like that. Like their gifts to one another would be like secretly planting sunflowers in their backyard. So when they'd sprout up, it was a surprise gift of all these sunflowers and it's really interesting people. And they would learn about all these just little different phenomenon so that they could grow more like, you know, healthy, organic vegetables and fruits in their garden while minimizing using, you know, toxic poisons uh, and just to kind of have, you know, these more healthy practices so they could have all these different fresh and the, oh my gosh, the produce was so good. Sun, I mean, how many, you guys probably, have you ever had like sun ripened fruits and vegetables or a mm, sun ripened yeah. tomato? Peach, apricot. I tell you what. Oranges. I, I worked in this one really nice steakhouse, really great place. Nectarines. And the, and the, the tomatoes were fine. But we had a special with a local farmer uh, gig come in, and for a whole season we ho- we featured their sun ripened organic heirloom tomatoes. Mm. Oh Lord. my goodness! Yeah. This was a gift from the Lord, and Tomato I was red. I was around that time I was kind of seeking God again in my life, and it felt like a gift from the Lord, you know, those little things, because I don't know how many tomatoes I'd had, but. You know, I grew up, you know, we growing backyard tomatoes and all that. So I had some tomatoes, but so this, the seeds, right? Heirloom tomatoes. Some people probably already know this. It's like, you know, untainted by the genetic modification, you know, whatever. But they had variety of color. And it was like this, like original, like untainted seed, mm. that seed line, like an original, like seed line of tomato. Some of them were purple, some of them were orange and, and yellow. yellow. And yellow and mm. red and all these colors. And they were so beautiful, but they were specifically ripened in the sun, not just picked and then ripened in some other way. It loaded up on sunlight. Mm. And I remember it was like a revelation when I ate it. It was the most delicious (laughs) tomatoes. And they used like fresh organic basil. You're literally eating the sun, aren't you? You're literally eating the sun. And I could feel it and I could taste it. And when I ate it, more physical energy went into my body than anything else that I ate. (laughs) And so from then on, I believed, I was like, this is my, now now we can go into the organic vegan religion, you know, (laughs) which is also heretical and there's demons over that. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you want to have really high quality food for you and your family, if that's something that God's placed in your heart, if it's a desire in your heart, don't turn it into a religion, don't take it to demons, Take it to the Holy Spirit because he's probably the one who gave you that impulse of a desire in your heart and go through a refinement. Go and refine it, perfect it. Because when you find what your niche is, what your area of expertise is, and you develop it, you might say, well, I don't have any area of expertise. You do. Often it starts with a passion, a desire. Yeah, a gift. It's a gift from God. And when you're just not afraid to go into that, it might not seem super spiritual. Like... Uh, tomatoes is my calling in life, you know? There's, tomatoes represent... Maybe it's buckwheat. Maybe it's buckwheat. <laughs> Don't make buckwheat pancakes unless you mm-hmm. can make them taste good. That was a bad experience. Invent a way to burn buckwheat for gasoline <laughs> for fast cars. That'd be cool. <laughs> you know, but it, it, was, it was incredible. The tomatoes, the energy, the flavor, the taste, and the energy... That was so much tangent. It was so tangibly different than anything else. 
I started to get a little bit of an understanding. Okay, the energy comes in from the sun and then it gets into the food. And you know, the plants, right? The plants grow their roots down deep. Yeah, I remember that song. Mm-hmm. Grow your roots it's down deep. deep. We have to play that sometime. Mm-hmm. And then what does it do to the minerals? Remember mineral level? What's the point mm. of minerals? When the plant, this is the purpose of plants, holy plants. It touches the rocks and the minerals and it converts the mineral the minerals into an edible form for a life being. Mm, so it's the glory of the minerals and the glory of the plants. Wow. So the plants transform it into a form that you can consume without doing harm. If you just go out there and swallow a bunch of rocks, probably not going to feel too great, right? You know, uh, maybe your spouse's cooking is like that. But and uh, let the rest of the you don't need to let them know. You can just cover that Amen. sin and pray. We pray for not your today, pray for their cooking to not harm you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Like just go up the rungs, you'll be a, a, of an amazing chef. No GMOs, no genetically modified earth. Those that hurt the earth, as Bible say, Yare Vave will hurt them. I like that verse. As we were talking, mm-hmm. we're talking about the sun and the moon and mm-hmm. the moon harvest and how it, mm-hmm. the Shekinah from mm-hmm. the, the sun the moon, and the moon, yeah. And it goes into the crops and they build with mm-hmm. it because there's more light in it. Mm-hmm. Well, blood is congealed light. Every aspect of your existence, spirit, soul, mind, and body, bones, and marrow, is all light. Mm-hmm. You're a recorded being. DNA is a record of light. Okay. Amen. And I'm not going to go too deep into that today as for another time. But I want you to understand why it says that the moon is the government of night and the sun is the government of day. In Torah, Genesis 1, it is written, God created it. And he made it governor of day and governor of night. And so you got a lot of people involved in government these days that use moon and sun and stars through Klippeth sorcery, Klippeth Kabbalah, to really do terrible damage to nations and just be really horrible, evil people. So what does it mean to not be under the governors and tutors until the appointed time of maturity, Apostle Paul says in Scripture? It means to not be under the sun or the moon, which is the governor of day and the governor of night, but to be on Jacob's ladder over the moon and over the sun. Amen. Amen. Oh, a word on on, uh, blood, being congealed light and talking about plants. Uh, Has everyone ever drank some kind of a green juice before and you felt kind of energized, you felt kind of good? Or like you ate a big salad and you're like, oh, I actually feel pretty energized, you know. Holy kale. Mm-hmm. The holy. We, we do not worship kale in this place. Veganism is demonism. I like kale <laughs> if they put enough dressing on it. Yeah, but not the stalks. But barely, right? nasty you know. Part. Yeah. There's some good. <laughs> there's some good kale there. Well, you know what's interesting about chlorophyll, which is the stuff that if you didn't take biology in in high school or you know secondary school, uh, chlorophyll. Plant is what blood. makes it yeah is what makes it uh, green and now plant blood i've looked at the chemical structure the chemical structure and the molecular structure of chlorophyll it's very similar but slightly different than human blood so i would start calling it plant blood so then i would have like you know anytime i'd have like some leafy greens I see all or some plant blood oh, <laughs> trees Plant level overcomers, amen? Mineral level and plant. There are keys in these things I'm telling you for mineral level overcoming and plant level overcoming, right? 
they're they're examples. You might call them parables. Welcome to the Feast of Wisdom. Yep. It's good to have so there's lots of little secrets in there that for you to unlock and enjoy. Or you can just, even if you interpret it just completely carnally, it'll still benefit you some, right? Because then you can go have a salad. Okay. Because <laughs> it goes into Eat your human salad. blood, which is animal blood, and it enriches Cleanses. it with minerals. Yep. Mineral glory. Yep. Everything's go. based on glory. Yep. Glory created light, it is written. So the plant blood has a similar but slightly different structure than human blood. And you'll find that the effects of that, when you kind of overlay them, there's a cleansing effect on the blood. Why is that? It's a grace. It's a mercy from God. It's a grace gift from God that we have certain things at our you know, disposal. If we are living in a place where we can grow those things or you have access to those things, the fact that you can have green plant foods to help your health if you're in need of you know that kind of a nutrient mm -hmm. it's a, it's only it's a gift from god leafy that's it's vegetables. a leafy vegetables think about daniel's fast mm -hmm. and just like right keep then, your fancy meats i'm on chlorophyll this, i'm on chlorophyll i'm that plant blood glory <laughs> plant blood I'm on glory. Plant glory you know like and daniel one in my body but it has a cleansing effect. So what are all these external remedies? It's a grace gift that we have doctors, right? If you have a bad infection and your faith isn't working and you're praying, 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 and you're bewitched, but you haven't found the sapphire stones and there's no all kinds of you know different things going on, there's a grace gift that if someone's arm is broken, you can take them to an emergency room and they know what to do. Like Try fixing that yourself at home. It's not gonna go very well, you know? Like if your kid, no, that's one of the spirit told me to don't face the Sith uh -huh. until you have the full training of the Master Jedi. Right. Otherwise, what happened when Luke faced Darth the Sith Lord before he had the training of Yoda? Got his right arm chopped off. Yep. He had a fake arm the rest of his life. You need the full training of the Master mm -hmm. Jedi before you face the Sith, Buckwheat. Yep. Otherwise, you lose an arm. Yeah. Don't so, come to Joel's arm missing limbs. Mm -hmm. We've warned you. Amen. 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 So, uh, yeah, it's grace gifts from God. That's the counterfeit, counterfeit right. pit mm -hmm. pirates. Yeah. <laughs> pirates yeah. of the pit. Pirates of the pit. <laughs> of whom Joseph was the greatest. Amen. Lord of the pit. Yeah, pit master. We have a GT for that. <laughs> pit master. All right, all right. Ruler over all of the magicians of Babylon, <laughs> Daniel. Isn't that good? I like that verse. That one's fun. Master of magicians of Babel. But we'll start with master of plants. Master of plant glory. Master over the countenance of the deceiving prayer warriors who murder and steal. That's Daniel of Babylon, it is written. Amen. Amen. So what are you going to do about all this plant and mineral education? Maybe just take notes and go back into biology class and see if you can get a better grade than when you were in high school. <laughs> going back to... College. Going back to class. Some of you probably should. Nothing wrong with college. Yeah. Huge pay upgrade. Probably be happier too. It's all about finding your lane and staying in that lane. Become the best in your field with your gift. Yep. No matter what. Yeah, and it's the abundance will come. all about stewardship and management in the gospel. And you work as you as you're doing your work. Work under the Lord, which means not in some charismatic external bewitched madness but you're 
you know, honing your craft to be the very best in your field. And you're doing it for the love and the joy of Yadhe Vavhe. Mm. And you're not just having a bunch of legalistic rules of best business practices mm -hmm. and things like that, like a lawyer, although you could be a lawyer in yeah. the glory. There, there's a need for glory lawyers out there. So don't let anyone's religious offense stop you from just sailing in your lane. This because is the this, bar yeah. association. Yeah. So you, if, are you going to, you could be a doctor, you could be a surgeon. I mean, you could be the next AI programmer of quantum computing, graphic design. I mean, you could spend hours and hours and hours on a computer every day in the glory designing and doing those things and get fresh air, right? What do we talk about? 30 minutes of Torah, fresh air you and sunshine. You have to be engaging get 30 some minutes in the word into your eyes. Right. That's where people just start getting eaten up by demons because they're mm -hmm. not going to the word to get yep. washed. Unless you're mm -hmm. washing your nefesh soul in the word, there's no chance mm -hmm. of being clean. Zero. Mm -hmm. Now, some people try to make the argument. Jesus Christ said, what? Give us daily bread. Yeah. If you're not receiving daily Torah, which is bread, it's impossible to be clean from demons. Yeah. Now, some people go a little bit crazy on the plant glory, and they get into the clippeth plants. And so understand, in this world where you have fallen rulership, you have both kingdoms at play, which means what? You're going to find... Have you ever noticed some animals are demon-possessed and other ones aren't? Other ones are in between, like, you know, doing an exorcism on your pets at home. Has anyone ever done an exorcism on your pets? Like one person. All right. Okay. All right. We have two of us in this place. I honestly can't remember right now. Uh, exit. So. Spider. <laughs> Loose. I don't have any okay. demons. Check, <laughs> check that box. I definitely drove demons out of my cat, especially if I would leave her at like a cat daycare oh, yeah. for a trip. And if somebody was like demon possessed there, she she would tend for a while to kind of pick them up, and then she'd be like, you know, acting all weird and hiding under the bed somewhere, like paranoid and afraid and like, clearly demon-possessed, right? <laughs> and just, oh no, Cats are do? prone to demon possession for some... I think it's the Egyptians liked them so much and just kind of messed their DNA up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, a, a lot of cats, they've been... Their, their bloodline... <laughs> actually, I saw a dream about the bloodline going back all the way to the original cats and all the sins of the cat bloodlines. That's actually a thing. But if you think about it, a lot of cats... So think about human history. How many generations before you was there murderers and who knows what they did, Yeah, right? what's flowing in your blood? And it's just physical, natural blood. It has nothing to do with anything you did. It's what they did. It'll boil to the surface. How many cats are used for familiars, right? For, um, for witches, uh, warlocks, or like the Egyptian uh, kind of stuff. So when you're dealing with just external realities, obviously the invisible realm is superior and stronger. But when we're in either external bewitchment or Gnosticism, Gnosticism is only on the inside, only the invisible, never the physical. Hmm. External bewitchment is only the external stuff. I'm not going to, you know, only what I can see, taste, touch, and hear. And that's it with my natural external senses. You need the balance of the force. You need, that's Tiferet. Extremism leads to the dark side, Luke. Yep. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Star Wars. There is a balance. Absolutely true. Mm -hmm. When it comes to Clippeth sorcery and things like that of the fallen rulers of this world, they care about mainly these two things. Bloodlines and starseeds. Which is what? Heights and levels on stars. 
you know, they care a lot about astrology. What star sign did you come down through? Like when, when your soul was generated through the sapphire stones and you came out through the Shekinah and you were knit together in your mother's womb, what was the ruling, you know, kind of star things at that yeah, it's time? It's all over the Bible. Uh, and so typically rabbinical wisdom, they kind of look down on astrology as something for the god, what do they call it, the godless or the, the ones with the false idols, kind of like pagan cultures. But they acknowledge it because the names of the planets are associated with the sapphire stones. So on, the, on one hand, they're kind of like, you know, that's for the non-initiated yeah. into Kabbalah, whether you're in righteousness or in sorcery. Mm -hmm. So the, anyone who speaks in those terms, they'll kind of just look down on them. It's a lower wisdom. It's a lower, lower wisdom because they don't have the original wisdom of the oral tradition of Moses. True. Right? So that's kind of a, that's another cultural thing. The wise men, you know, they came from outside mm -hmm. of Israel and they were astrologers mm -hmm. following the star to Jesus in Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. Lower wisdom. So star seeds and bloodlines. And you can see that in the book of Jasher. If you want a biblical example, the wise men of, was it, uh, was it, uh, what's the guy's name? Well, the, the what comes to mind, because we're dealing with Nimrod, Nimrod being I think it was Nimrod. Nimrod and his astrologers predicted Abraham's Abraham, birth. Abraham, yeah. Well, he, his star, Abraham's star, yeah. swallowed up like the That's four the corners of, of the heavens, and they knew that he was going to take over everything. That's yeah. his destiny. The, the anti-Nimrod had mm -hmm. been born. God had answered mm -hmm. with the sun. So... <laughs> yeah, people are still watching the stars today, and you don't really see it posted on like Pop Sugar magazine online or Cosmopolitan or your whatever astrology horoscope, whatever. Yeah, no, but no witchcraft, guys. But we still have sorcerers who watch the stars to see what kind of souls are being generated through Shekinah to find out what God's doing in the earth and then they react in their second heavens witchcraft and warlock practices. For example, uh, when the prophet Bob Jones, he said, when were the, a lot of the leaders were going to be born? 81? Yep. The, the leaders of Joel's army born 1981 and those who come after them are the army of God and they cannot be stopped. Amen. Amen. And you see how they... The Clippeth responded to that. Yeah. Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Kill them all. Killed because one they third are watching the stars, they know. It's been overturned. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. That's Amen. pretty cool, man. That's good. Time for justice for God's people. Gave the power to the states, but it's it's a huge breakthrough for America. It really is. <laughs> Four rungs of Malkut. All right. So out of those four rungs, do you remember every sapphire stone? What does every sapphire stone from the world of Adam Kadmon to the world of Atsalut to the world of Berea to all four layers of the world of Yetzirah to the world of Isaiah in cosmic circumcision of righteousness, what does each and every sapphire stone require removal of the foreskin and then the peeling back of the membrane or that's the shell that appears clear that seems to have some light 
Remember, the first one to go is the external foreskin. That's one that doesn't... It's like the knowledge of evil, then the knowledge of good yep. underneath it. That's the removal of both the black and the white serpent. Amen. Now, if that's the black and then that's the white, what's the red? We'll get to that in a minute. But for the circumcision, all the way up through the highest heights in world, all through, you know, world 10, 9, <laughs> 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Foreskin and membrane. So you're on Malkut. If you're on Malkut, which most of you are, some of you are on the moon, some of you are higher. Malkut, we talked about four rungs. Those four rungs are actually those two things we just mentioned. You, let's add this to your notes. We'll start at the very bottom and then we'll go up. The very bottom, we talked about mineral level. Right above that, we have plant level. Those two, that's mineral and plant. So you have the rock, the dust, and the dirt. The dirt, why? Because the plants, they grow in the dirt, okay? So the foreskin is the mineral, the dust, and the dirt. The dust and the dirt of the foreskin. The membrane of Malkut is the animal, and then above that you have the human. Mm. Now, what is the appearance of the knowledge of good there? The knowledge of good, the appearance of good. That's the animal level. What are animals representing? There are angelic creatures, especially in the world of Yetzirah. You'll see the lion, eagle, ox. You'll see all kinds of heavenly creatures. In rabbinical uh, wisdom and literature, they'll talk about angels would gather for the sacrifice. So let's say when a pigeon would be sacrificed. Angels bearing a similar image to that animal that was being sacrificed would come around. They would be drawn to it and they would delight in its spirit. When its soul was released, its spirit was released, they would delight in it and with it. Mm -hmm. Because it bore a similar image to the angelic. Amen. So whatever animal is being sacrificed, there's some kind of an angelic above nature corresponding to that animal below Amen. so the the membrane of malkut on animal level is going to be the appearance of good of the angelic and there comes with the different you know animal forms but it's also going to be angelic so an angelic or an animalic something with the appearance of that good so brightness good. Wow. light that's the the shell uh, maybe we can find the Akian picture. Do you still have yeah. that with the shells that you can see how they're clear? Mm -hmm. I want us to, on the right there, that shell, it looks beautiful. It can reflect light and light can come through it from within and without. But what it does, it is absorbs and steals the light while having the appearance of angelic. So animal, it could be, you know, some. it could be a more obvious thing, but usually it's going to be that white snake, white magic appearance of good, mm. which is good. The membranes are almost always more deceptive than the foreskin. Although the foreskin part does deceive a lot of people, if they can receive a demonic doctrine that's strong enough to be deceived by something just outright, that yeah. does happen. And on the left there, you can see the dark clouds and the dust. 
looks a little bit more ominous around there. Uh, but the shiny one looks nice, right? Mm-hmm. You guys say, oh, That's shiny. The path of righteousness in the center. So you don't want to make the mistake <laughs> of looking at your Malkut. Let's say you're a seer and you go into a vision. You see bright light and you're standing on Malkut. Oh, pretty shiny. Well, let's just test it. Because, you know, I've done this going through the realms, through the rungs. And when you first get that foreskin removed, and like, oh, it's light. Now, it was dark and now it's bright. All right, we got one more step to go. It was the knowledge of evil we just took out, took out. Now the appearance and the knowledge of good. So that animal level again can correspond to animals below and the angelic above. Okay, so angelic uh, appearances and deceptions. And then the man version. That is going to be the false light of oftentimes of pride which is blind, which means you're not going to be able to see that. So you can write that in your notes. I'm not going to be able to see this one. You can't see your own pride. So you're going pride to Pride is the substance of blindness. That's why you mm-hmm. engage in Torah, because mm-hmm. it obliterates what's invisible to your mm-hmm. own soul. Mm-hmm. And you'll need a friend uh, or your squadron, uh, maybe an apostle, uh, depending on you know the situation. But understand... If it's a pride thing, which everyone has pride, right? You understand there's 10 weeks of pride to come out of you. Uh, don't be afraid of it. Don't be like, oh no, it's going to suck. Just if you, when you just calmly realize it is what it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can just kind of like, okay, well, consider you know what? Consider the heights that you have fallen. It is written. Yep. Just consider it. So when you're dealing with something... And you know something's wrong, but you can't see it. This is actually, now this can be a benefit to you. This is information that can help you. If there's something, you know something's off, it's not right. Something's manifesting, but you can't see what it is. You can't discern what it is. Go ahead and assume or hypothesize whatever it is you're you're a detective in that moment, right? Because... On this whole journey through Sapphire Stones, there are so many infinite things that can happen and manifest. Or you, I heard this, I saw this, or this happened, this is happening in my body. What does this mean? Is this the enemy? Or is this my blah, blah, blah? Is this circumcision? And no one, here's the thing about this journey. You're going to encounter something and no one's going to be able to tell you what it is. And no one's really going to be able to help you discern. Sometimes they're going to help you. But there are many times, and it's like this on purpose, no one is going to be able to help you understand what that is sometimes. Oftentimes, especially early on in the journey, mm-hmm. we've got plethora of teaching. You're going to bounce ideas off of each other, ask each other, uh, pray for each other, and get some wisdom from your squadron, from your brothers and sisters in Christ, from your leadership. But there's going to be times you're going through, it's literally just you and God and it's like that on purpose. You're going to have to get an answer from God. He wants to establish a really clear communication with you. And so it's not okay at those times to be frustrated with your friends, (laughs) with your family, with your leaders, because there are going to be certain cases they're not going to be able to tell you what it is that's going on. The temptation of the clippus is to be frustrated with others, but the right thing to do, which is the righteous thing, 
is to take it to Torah and take it to the Lord and ask him and you get the answer. No more just leaning on everybody else. You get the answer. You get the revelation. You find out what's going on. No more just wandering around the dark of the blind and I just don't know and I need someone more mature. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true most of the time, but the whole point of this journey is at the end of it, what do they say in the Bible? They're not even going to say know the Lord because all of them will know the Lord, which means all of you are going to know the Lord. It's like a sheep in a, a pasture. Mm -hmm. There's one great shepherd, but the sheep needs to eat its own grass and it needs to drink from its own right. fresh stream. So you're mm -hmm. around a fence and that fence is the angelic protocol of the holy mm -hmm. angels on earth and in heaven. So you're in a group and you're in a flock mm -hmm. and we are the sheep of his sheepfold it is written. Mm -hmm. But it's also learning how to eat, learning how to drink, mm -hmm. learning how to be sheared, which is absolutely needed, mm -hmm. learning how to do everything inside the protocol of the kingdom of heaven, and you'll find your entire human nature opposes that existence. So what does the great shepherd do? He comes and cleans the sheep, mm -hmm. puts fresh oil on the sheep's head, he does all kinds of, and then you go into different animal forms of different types of training, because mm -hmm. he's a great shepherd, which means it's more like Enoch now, and it's all the different things coming into Noah, days of Noah, which is every type of animal and every type of form and every type of existence through your flesh and blood that he will take dominion over and train you how to live within the angelic protocol of those manifestations through your flesh and blood and through your soul and spirit. Amen. And you'll learn how to, at every level and elevation of existence, be Christ. In this world, Greek word cosmos, we are Jesus Christ. It is written in that scripture. Mm -hmm. So you're learning how to be Jesus Christ in every single elevation in Minnesota, in Canada, in every state, in your marketplace, in your business, in your house, on the street when you're driving. It's a different type of training and it's a different manifestation in every single realm of the world and around different types of people. And so all of that training is necessary so you learn how to eat and drink to be Jesus in that situation. You know it's a different training to be Jesus in the car as it is to be Jesus on the couch. <laughs> right? You need a different training in order to drive than you do to sit. You need a different training in order to run and sprint and work out than you just um, couch potato. So all this training is necessary for you to be Jesus. Why are we going through all this training? Why are we learning to take notes? He's a scholar. Jesus is a scholar. He's a warrior poet in Psalms that is written, which means he's the most scholarly scholar of all intelligent academies of all universities of all time right absolutely the truth anyhow i don't know why we think he's like us he's not like us jesus is not like you he's not like me that's when you're outside the gates when you create a jesus in your human image in your animal image that's when you become a beast that blasphemes you've created god in your own image we're learning how to repent of all that nonsense through eating and drinking inside a sheepfold in order to be transformed into his image out of our own mm -hmm. images that we've bore in our human mm -hmm. likeness. And, Amen. And that's the gist of that top layer of the membrane under the man level there, just on top of animal, man. 
that part of the membrane or the shell, the clear part, is the appearance of God, the appearance of Jesus, specifically, especially Jesus. And so as the apostle is teaching these things and how to correctly walk in it, that will help you to discern the difference between what God is actually forming in you on that rung versus what the clippeth is trying to imitate and deceive you with because it's the discernment of not uh, not the foreskin, not the membrane, but what's the seed of Christ, the kernel, right? The engravings of the name of God that are written in the sapphire stone of Malkut is what you want to get to uh, on, on the inside of all that. When you peel that away, when you remove the foreskin and peel back the membrane, what do you find? Perfect sapphire stone of Malkut with the name of God engraved. And that's discovering the kingdom of heaven within you. And so overcoming all these things that we've talked about, and I want to encourage you, if you need more in-depth notes on mineral, plant, animal, and man that we've already talked about in prior episodes, uh, Sister Tiffany has amazing notes that she has shared and posted on uh, Facebook and Red Letter Ministries uh, Facebook group. Really wonderful with pictures, so you can save those you can add it to your notes or you could look at that and study that. Why are we studying these again so we can start to study? Step one is you start to hear it. If you're soft-hearted to hear it, you can receive it. Then the next step is we, we take notes, we write it down, and then as we kind of casually or intentionally review the notes, those notes go into your eyes. What are the eyes? This is the window to your soul. So you're putting the light of the inscriptions as you scribe, right? There's the outscribing and there's the inscribing. So when you scribe on the outside and then you put it into your eyes, it's a reminder of what Jesus said, which is Holy Ghost highlight activity. And when those words are going into your eyes, you're remembering what the Lord spoke to you in that moment. And as you kind of chew on that, you contemplate that, the revelations that you get when you contemplate your own notes, the visions you start to have, you, something pops like popcorn, right? The revelation, revelatory uh, things start happening. Those are the things that establish your awareness of Shekinah, which is the awareness of holiness. And so that's why it's a good practice. We remind, what does the Holy Spirit remind you? Holy Ghost reminders. He said that he'll remind you of what Jesus said. So when the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is speaking through His sent ones or speaking to you in all the ways that He speaks to you, when you make note of it, when you keep a record of it, and then you remind yourself of it, you remember what Jesus said, and then you start to contemplate it, and soon you're thinking about holy things all the time, and then soon you're occupied in your mind and your short-term memory and your long-term memory starts to get saturated mm. with the Torah. Glory. And you're thinking about the engravings, the inscriptions, while you're doing the outscribing and the reminding, and you're suddenly you notice you're getting washed. It's just becoming a habit and who you are. And so if it seems like a lot at first, you know, don't grow weary and well-doing. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Just start with the little things we might say to write it down or if it stood out to you, make a note of it. 
take a picture of it, make a separate album, you know, something easy that you can go back and just reference. Now, why do we say look at your notes at night? We talked about being under the full moon. We talked about, you know, Shekinah. We talked about some of the benefits of doing studying oral tradition that you get here at Joel's Bar that we've digested for you in a format. You don't want to go out and study oral tradition books on your own, right? Because if you're not at Hesed level of Asaya, it will do damage to your spirit in the same way that giving a full plate of steak to an eight-month-old or a six-month-old would be damaging and could actually kill them. So if you understand that's where your spirit's at, that's not a problem. What is the angelic? The angelic is represented oftentimes like birds, right? In Genesis 1, they talk about the birds flying or the fowl flying through the air. It's representing not just physical birds, but above. What do we talk about? It represents the angelic. So he's talking about the creation below and the creation above. Why is that important? How do mother birds feed their babies? They eat it and they regurgitate it. And that feeds the birds. What did Solomon learn the wisdom of? The wisdom of the natural world around him. Not just to memorize facts for your class, to study for your ACT test, and just regurgitate that information. No, but to understand the wisdom and the godliness inside the parables that you're seeing play out in real time everywhere in nature and in humankind and their behaviors. It's all for wisdom, and if you get the wisdom of it, you learn something about the supernatural realm, right? So then that's the correct interpretation of the living Torah of the sapphire stones that created all things, which is Christ. He fills and upholds all things. How? Sapphire stones and sapphire stone design and everything. Amen. That's how everything works. So when you start to appreciate the wisdom and the Original knowledge DNA. and the understanding mm -hmm. of all things and how the, the way things work and how he wants to repair things, and restore them to the original design of the way it's supposed to work. Origin of creation. So when you see the birds, the mother bird eats the food and then digests it a little bit and then regurgitates it for the baby birds. So why? So that they don't die eating something that's too high for them, that's not digestible for them yet. Birds on star posts. And that represents the angel. So you're an angel-like son of God, or you're planning on going up into the sun and transferring and get the wings and all that, you know, all the cool upgrades and learning the Jedi mind tricks and then oh, yeah. the Lord is destroying the Sith forever. This. <laughs> it's so cool that you're saying that because he asked me today, why is it necessary mm -hmm. for me to be slain before the foundations of the world, which is prior to the creation of the angels? You know, it says that, that God created the angels, and it's all in Genesis chapter 1. It's so deep there. But why is it necessary that we understand Jesus Christ slain before the creation of the angels? Because unless you're in that person, Jesus, who was slain before the foundations of the world, you don't have dominion over angels, and there's no possible way to overcome the one-third that fell. So it's pre-angelic. Amen? The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. What's the foundation of the world? The stars, the sun, the moon the posts of the birds, the holy angels. That's what Genesis mm -hmm. 1 says, if you read it. Why is it important that lamb slain before mm -hmm. all that? So that you can be pre-angelic. Mm -hmm. Being in Christ is pre-angel. Mm -hmm. So you have dominion over angels, and if the angels won't serve Christ in you, they're demons every time. 
Glory. Amen. So if Joel's bar is the only <laughs> level of oral tradition of Moses that you're able to digest right now because you haven't made it yet to Hesed of Isaiah with the full circumcision yet, it's to your advantage that's in a digestible form for your spirit so that you can have the benefit of studying oral tradition, especially at night, like we discussed. But why also study it at night? Let's take a look at the natural wisdom that we're talking about, external natural wisdom to help discern the wisdom of the above things. Well, when you're studying just any kind of classroom material anywhere, they did a lot of, they did a lot of studies and research on you know, child development, learning, how to learn. You know, they have classes on how to learn, teach, and do all these different things. And what they've found over the years is that the maximum input to retain information for students is when they take notes. And not only when they take notes, there's there's a, a recall effect, right? So you're going from short-term uh, storage of memory to long-term. What does that mean? When something gets all the way into your long-term memory storage, what is that? You can access that pretty easily. Mm. It might take a little, it might take you a minute to remember that if, if it happened a long time ago, but if it's a long-term storage, stored memory, you remember it no matter what. It's in there, right? You've got it in the long-term memory storage. Mm -hmm. It's much more difficult to lose those memories. Short-term memory, we all know how that goes. How about the long-term memory? Forget about, tell yourself, I'm going to get up and go get something. Make, John 17. Yeah, I'm going to get up and go to the fridge the or I'm going to put my snack in the microwave, go into the other room because I can't have the patience to wait 30 seconds for the microwave. I need to go get on Facebook oh. and the other side of the house. You go to the other side of the house, five minutes goes by. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was put something in the microwave and I, it's way on the other side of the house now. Oh, my gosh, mm. what do I do? What is that phenomenon? That's called short-term memory loss. <laughs> okay. Mm. Short-term memory. We speak healing over the short-term memory. Everyone needs their and brains to You're going to have so much patience, you could wait two minutes for the microwave. The enemy <laughs> has tried to kill every brain mm -hmm. of this generation with yeah. drugs, alcohol, pornography, on purpose, because your minds mm -hmm. are capable of divine genius. Mm -hmm. Do you know why uh, phone numbers are all seven digits, aside from the area code? Well, that's your short-term memory spaces. The actual amount of spaces or space holders that a normal uh, human brain has is about seven. About seven exactly. Now we know that's divine design too, right? Number seven is very important. But what? how do these work? Imagine shelves. Imagine seven shelves on your wall that if you hold them too long, they start to shake and they might fall off. That's your short-term memory. So let's say it's a, just a quick placeholder. Hey, remember this number from here quick. 7789105, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And you got, okay, you just repeat it. You, re you repeat it. I got to remember this. I got to remember. Or someone tells you directions. Like let's say the GPS is broken, your battery's dead in your phone. Mm -hmm. Something's not working. There's no service. And you got to stop at the side of the road and ask them for directions where you need to go. And then they say it oh, over here, take a left at the bean field, this past big rock over there, and run, on the highway, go south. And then it's like, okay, uh, oh God, oh God, I hope I got it all, but I don't want to look like an idiot and ask him again. I'm like, can you slow down? I think I have a pen here somewhere. <laughs> I'm a scribe, I come with my scribe equipment at all times, like Gabriel. That's what he does, he always has scribal. He always has battle equipment, and he always has scribal equipment with him at all times. 
Or you're a scholar. Yeah. yeah. Really. Yep. So, so you can always make him like a, what do you call it, where you look up to All someone. the archangels of Jesus Christ are scholars. Uh, yeah. Role model. That's they really it. Are. Like Gabriel could be your role model for a season. And you'd be like, you know, I want to be like that. I'm going to take my battle equipment so I'm fully armor, armored up. And I've got some way to kind of notate something. If something big drops from heaven, I'll remember it because I got I can just quickly, you know, do the phone talk into it. You know, don't text and drive. Okay, do not text and drive. Voice recorder is nice. Don't tempt the clippeth to end her life early by texting and driving. Okay, all right, all right. I know you have Until Jedi you're a fully level of trained master Jedi. <laughs> That's probably. <laughs> this is probably what it takes. Yes, master. I know, master. And he's like flipping through space. Can you imagine with that? Flying around, it, he lands perfectly in the seat. You know what I mean? It took me ten weeks of circumcision <laughs> through ascending ten worlds and overcoming demon gods to be able to text and drive. <laughs> okay, we have bigger goals. But anyway, where, what are we saying here? Oh yeah, seven space. See, there it is. You see, the the ability. To, You're to not successfully Luke Skywalker have yet. those seven spaces of short-term memory are temporary, which means what? The first two things, if I tell you two, two, they're similar, they're the same, it's a very short amount. Easy to remember. You could probably remember that for a couple of days. Maybe if I asked you next week, you could probably remember what was the number that I said? Two, two. You'd remember that, right? You like that number. You have familiarity of association with that number. It's a prophetic number. So it'd be easy. So that kind of short-term memory would be really easy to save and store for the longer term. But if I give you a full seven-digit phone number or a seven-digit unique code uh, and I just do it one time, what are the odds of you remembering that? Very low, right? Unless you really wow. pay attention. Uh, it's just... That, that really reminds me when I was in Teen Challenge in 1999. They, you had to memorize 50 scriptures to go from phase one to phase two, which was typically the first three months of being in the program under Dr. Earl Gilchrist. And I remember when I first started to memorize scripture, it would take like two weeks to just do one verse. Once I've had like four or five memorized, it got progressively easier because the genetics of the Word of God once it reprograms your human DNA, it gets progressively easier to read, understand, and recite the Word of God. It's only hard at first, just like mm -hmm. the circumcisions of the earth and the moon and the sun. Those are the first hardest ones in the world of Messiah. Mm -hmm. After that, God's genetics, God's path, God's mm -hmm. ways, God's thoughts, are be they become normal to you. Amen. Amen. That's really good wisdom. So what does that mean with the seven spaces? If you fill up all seven spaces trying to hold like a seven digit number or seven ideas or seven words, seven something, each one of those shelves, the longer you got to hold it there, oh, you know, got to remember the digit code to punch in my confirmation code to log in. They sent me, I can't, I can't remember mm -hmm. it, you know, it, you're, it, after it holds for a while, it starts to <laughs> shake. And if it drops off, you can't remember what that thing, oh, I can't remember. I got to go back and find it, you know. That's the temporary, so that's short-term memory. What else do we need to know about short-term memory? Mm -hmm. That is the broken, uh, the broken record territory. What do I mean by that? Mm -hmm. So in that realm of existence of your day, this is another thing that's been studied 
and proven scientifically, which the only reason we care about that is to learn the wisdom behind that thing, right? So what they found is throughout the day, every human being, with except for the outliers, right? Maybe you have like a crazy IQ or some kind of crazy DNA or something. A gift. A gift uh, from God. So and most I'm all 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 stunned. of us, most all of us have that phenomenon where it's you have the same number of thoughts every day, same number of words that go through your head, and what they do is they just kind of go in there and you hit a maximum number. And once they're all in there, they just circle around and they're all in loop. So what do we find that's in there? I can't, I can't believe that person 20 years ago, they did that one thing to me. If something made a strong impression on you emotionally, it stays in there. Yeah. That's called the broken record. Have you ever noticed when someone talks to you Going around the day after day, week after week, mm. they complain about the same things? Yep. They it maybe uh here's a non-offensive one. The, the mind weather is broken. <laughs> it's broken. The mind is broken. It just it says the healed. same thing. Right? Remember, the default factory settings need mm. to be restored. You are a you are biological. You're also like a they say the mind is like a human computer. Your hardware and your software is broken since the curse of the fall. It needs healed. Torah heals it. In the plant sense, you're meant to be like a tree or like a rose. There's all kinds of uh, things here. Your foundation should be solid, the mineral level, solid foundations. A healthy plant, right? What happens to plants? You don't want the plant to have sickness, disease, pests, come, bugs, you know, when a healthy plant, and then the animal nature, you talk about the lion, the eagle, the ox nature, the angelic, you should have an angelic nature. Mm. Right? Amen. And then the, the image of the man seated on the throne, like Sister Farina was messaging in the women's group today, even as the Spirit of the Lord was talking to me about it, and I didn't say that until now, but you know, all these things are coming forth out of the mouths of our people as they're becoming scholars. What we're finding is they're starting to tune into the flow of the Holy Ghost. Mm. And even if we'll study things in private or talk to the Lord in private, we'll decree things in private. And what's happening is our scholars are starting to send those messages that they're already in the flow and getting, you know, some of its bits and pieces of it. Sometimes it's the whole vision. So just being a Torah scholar grafts you in. It, it gets you into the flow of the river of what God is doing. And Brains of more noble character. And it says that yeah. you study to show yourself approved. A workman who needs not be ashamed, which means without study, there's shame. What's the shame? Of not taking the path of scholars, which is moon, sun, and stars, living below the sun and moon, which is under governors. You need to be the government above sun and moon, but if you're not, it's because you don't study. You're under sun mm -hmm. and moon, under governors. Amen. So we talked about healing the mineral, the plant, and the animal level. So you're supposed to be having you know, the solid foundations, a healthy plant, a white rose, a beautiful tall tree, the palms of righteousness. We talked about the animal as far as, you know, healthy mind, sheep of his pasture, you know, the eagle nature, the dove nature. Uh, we talked about doves because they are, they are acceptable sacrifices. Why? Because they're faithful to their spouses and they are gentle. Amen. Right? So they have, you're going to have the lion nature, you're going to have the dove nature. Uh, so all the animal, it's really 
a picture of the angelic. So to fix your broken default In factory settings, yep, the eagle nature. Uh, so to fix your broken default factory settings of hardware and software, using that metaphorically, you're going to have uh, you're going to have to have the characteristic of the angels restored mm -hmm. to you. That's about the animal level. So we talked about the problems. We talked about Clippeth animal activity. Idle chatter, gossip, that's a big one, slander. All kind, you know, all kinds of animal activity, fornications. That's in the plant level as well. Plant uh, plant passions, things like that. But the man level that's about you being restored to the image of Jesus Christ. To the image of the Father. The image of a man seated on the throne. Mm. That image makes you not able to be sacrificed by the augurs mm -hmm. of uh, the Klippeth, which mm -hmm. is our world rulers in, of this present Babel, the great system. Amen. And I've, they say the throne, we know the throne represents Berea. And in the verse, it talks about him being above the throne. I think it was it high above. Let's see if we have it here high above the throne uh, but it indicates not directly the world above Berea and I sounded like it was going to be out of Cadmon and what's interesting is now a few times I've actually seen that image of the man that's described in that vision in the world of Adam Cadmon so in the world of Adam Cadmon that's where you start to see the image of a man of the throne if you're going into the throne Chariot uh, visions, Merkaba visions. Uh, oh, that's, that's Ezekiel one. There's an Adam Cadmo. He he saw yeah he saw up to saw it. He it, saw yeah. into it yeah he saw from a well, he I saw can, from the world of Yetzirah. Yeah. He looked through the Shekinah because it's Isaiah's viewfinder or the prophet's viewfinder is yeah. looking into and through the Shekinah. That's mm -hmm. the opening of Abraham's tent, right? To see the Jacob's patriarchs. ladder goes all the way up to the throne of the Father. So you can look up much higher than you actually are. That's the thing. Uh, we talked about the praise and worship and going up with your consciousness like that in your, uh, so your visions will come down like that. Uh, but there's also prophetic tools, whether you're in the body, out of the body, uh, asleep or awake, there's different realms and dimensions and ways of experiencing the kingdom of God through the Holy Spirit and the holy angels. Amen. And we'll have some pictures that we look at that uh, we'll talk about looking at the throne and the emerald halo and things like that, mm -hmm. if we have time for that. But the man level, remember the member in the shell, what Brandon was speaking of earlier in those kind of teachings and warnings about how to actually be like Christ. When you're on Malkut, right, that's the man below. Adam Kadmon is like the man above, right? So you have the supernal man and you have mm -hmm. the below man, right? So Jesus Christ incarnated oh. in the flesh. So that's Malkut. So you want to go after, how did Jesus act when he was on earth? Yeah, how was he above? Mm -hmm. He said he's above, and they're like, no, you're right here. He was talking about his Adam Kadmon. He was above in absolute, in, yeah. in Adam Kadmon. Yeah, and, and, and he had the law and the Torah. Uh, so let's go, let's go look at some of these pictures. I think we might uh, dive into the iPad here. All right. We'll just kind of breeze through the ones for a review. Again, uh, just a quick note on the review since I didn't uh, finish telling you that. When you go to look at your notes at night, 
We talked about all the different reasons. We talked about short-term to long-term memory storage. If you repeat something that's in your short-term memory long enough, uh, if you repeat it enough and you remind yourself often, it will, your brain will say, hey, this must be important. You keep telling me and bugging me about this again and again and again. It must be important, so then let's file it away in long-term storage. So if you put time and focus and attention on something or just something that you have to repeat, uh, like uh, do you remember when you had to dial physical phone numbers? It was easy to remember phone numbers, right? Why? Because you repeated it again and again. Now you just click, click, Rotary don't know anybody's phone number. I bet you guys don't even know your mom's phone number. Maybe some of you do, but I bet. Raise your hand in this place if anyone knows their mom's phone number by heart. Wow. Oh, we got three people. <laughs> but could you dial it on a rotary phone? On a rotary phone. Mm-hmm. Right, but you guys, you probably, did you used to punch it in? Yep, they used to punch it in. So you still have, it's in your long-term storage of your memory because you physically punched it in again and again. <laughs> but why do the most of us, we don't have it memorized? You just click, click, now, mm, just cell phone. Under favorites. Under favorite, you're just right there. Hey, Siri, call mom. <laughs> oh, that's even Someone worse. Alexa, I didn't want to hear Alec- yeah. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa is a <laughs> demon. Driving a Tesla, <laughs> you give commands, you listen to Joel's bargain car to pull over the side of the road. Alexa is fine, you can use Alexa. All right, all right. That's all just right. okay. Okay, we gotta have some fun. I like but, AI. But the yeah, we all like yeah. We use Chat GPT to Jesus. find out. We use Chat GPT to find out whether or not that creature owl thing was demon possessed, simply by listing off all of the oh, possible yeah, yeah, characteristics yeah. of a species, and say okay, but it has to be this kind of a species, and it had to turn its head a certain degree Through around. AI, we determined it was Moloch. Yeah. Because we we used it to, to that species does not exist in North America. Thank that's what you. it said. Yeah, it's like, well, could it be this potential? All kind? right, like, confirm well, my suspicions. Thank yeah. you, Google. Yeah. So, yeah, tools are tools. Amen. So, Very powerful. All right. Okay. I hope somebody uses the AI tools to make a uh, million dollars. Do something awesome with your life for Jesus. Amen. 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 Oh yeah, so your notes, when you review your notes, they did this study, the sooner after you've taken notes that you review them, the easier it is to store them in your long-term storage. So one of the practices in these classes where they teach you how to learn, I took one of these classes in uh, university, and they said... The glory just jumped in here. I think Jesus literally came into the room. Do you feel that in your faces? Mm, Yeah, burning. Hallelujah. Welcome. Praise the Lord. (laughs) We worship the Lamb of God. Amen. (laughs) So one of the things that they teach you is as soon as you're done uh, taking notes from a lecture, if you have time, if you don't have to rush to your next class, just take a moment before you leave the class and then get just briefly read the notes you just took. You don't have to try to memorize it. You're just refresh. So you just got done taking all those notes. It's still fresh in your mind. When it's fresh in your mind, like you just heard the lecture, you just if you just take a moment to look over your notes after class, it solidifies like significant a significant percentage more mm. than if you waited till later on or the next day to study. That night when you go to bed, it's like a reset happens. So if you can get it in right after the class, and then what they say, if you want to max out, optimize, just at using your nefesh and your behemoth, <laughs> which the Zadik cares uh, for his 
Nefesh, the Nefesh of his behemoth, right? We just studied that the other day. That's Strong's H6662, coincidentally. Amen. So if you're just going to utilize your natural tools, or there's nothing wrong with you, you want to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your body, right? All your soul, all your nefesh, and your behemoth, right? What you're animating your body to do every day should serve the Lord. And one of the ways we can do that is it's worthwhile if you have the time, or you can take the time, if you simply want to max out using natural wisdom and the spirit, so that's just natural. On top of that, doing the natural thing and doing it in the spirit, you're going to max out your potential there on that. And what that is, is shortly after hearing it, you just read through your notes. Mm -hmm. Just look at it. Just just go through and read it once, and that's good. Just don't have to do anything too hard. Just refresh. And then you put it away and praise God. Just do a little review. And then that night before you go to bed, do the same thing. Read through it. If there's something there, you know, you don't understand or you want to make a little note or you got a revelation pops out, go ahead and just add it or write it down on the side, somewhere like that. So then when you've done that, when it's fresh in your mind and then before you go to bed, even if it's brief, the percentage of retention of that revelation, that information is huge. It's huge. It's, I can't remember the exact Retaining numbers. Retaining righteousness. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact numbers because it's been so long since I've taken those courses, but the, it was astonishing to, my, to me when I saw the number percentages and then I tested it on myself as a guinea pig just for my regular classes, my university classes. It was absolutely astonishing. The difference between that and then like, oh, just take notes, put it away, hurry, rush off to the next thing, da-da-da, and then go to bed and just, oh, you know, mm. and then you lose so much of it. You forget. We don't mean to forget. It's just that's how the current state of the mind and the body are right now. So Rebecca if is teaching us how to be better scholars, isn't she? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm really feeling this. It's, it's really wow. it's really fun, but I've always had a passion <laughs> for how to learn, how you know, how, how to you know, because I came from a background of you know I had the Lord taught me how to read when I was a kid. I started you know schooling early. I was able to read everything and anything at three years old. I graduated high school at sixteen, but then you also had problems. I had uh, some kind of like a learning. What do you want to call it? What do they call the things like learning Disability. disabilities or um, where they had the whole like spectrum of different kind of things they call them now. And, uh, you know, I had some I had some issues with my mind. So I was seeking for ways to overcome. And I found that my walk with Christ was able to get me off of my emotional issues. I had medications for anxiety and, and bad emotions. What are they? I can't remember what they're called, like antidepressants. And then I had really... Like, I went to a professional, and they said I was exactly like textbook by the book, were one of the, like a classic case of adult ADHD. And I know a lot of people struggle with that in this generation. That was targeted by the Clippeth, but I can assure you, I used to have medications for both of them, even before being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Just being an outer court Christian, my walk with the Lord was enough to get me off of both medications successfully and heal my mind to where I could learn and not be affected in my job and in my schooling anymore. And so I want to encourage you that it was like very just even outer court, 
just water baptism mm -hmm. and it worked because I baptism prayed. So I prayed, but then I also did the due diligence. I tried to improve my health and diet and stop eating cheeseburgers all the time, get some fresh air and exercise, read the word of God regularly, uh, believing that that's going to help reprogram my brain and uh, asking in prayer and asking again. And, you know, there'd be some tears and some hard times, but eventually there was a breakthroughs and they came in a series of many little mini breakthroughs. And eventually my mind was so healed, I was completely free of medications and functioning, not just like bare minimum, I was excelling in, in my studies, in my passions, what I wanted to learn about, and then in my jobs. I started doing really well in my jobs. And so this works. If that works for an outer court Christian, not even baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in mm, tongues, what are you going to do with glory? Soul. Just in the flesh, yeah. Mm. So he's there. He cares for you in the flesh. All right, so... With that in mind, you have that. Um, you can use that to your benefit. We call it Engram Lots Excellence. Engram Lots. All right, Chaya. Live and have life. We're just gonna gonna go through some of these. That's the Chaya when it opens up into the flower crystal of the Yachita. In rabbinical uh, literature, the two are actually the two souls are connected. It's not like with the Nishama then the Chaya. They're like two completely separate things. They're actually one. The Chaya is like that crystal seed, and it's the crystal palace, and then it opens up into this beautiful flower. But then as it develops, the flower part lives inside of the Chaya. So in a way, they seem separate, but they're still connected. There's much more oneness there. They're like one. Whereas the Nishama to the Chaya, they seem a little bit more separate. <coughs> and that's pretty. That's kind of the situation, how it goes. It's really nice. Very cool to look at. <laughs> and it's the lamb. We have so many signs and wonders confirmation. It's the lamb. <laughs> lamb nature. The wrath the, of the lambkin. We'll, we'll get to that later. The wrath of the Yachida mm -hmm. is the wrath of the lamb. And remember, that's the Keter is the olive of the Yadhe Vavhe. You have the olive, which is the breath of his mouth before he says, Yadhe Vavhe. Mm. Which means wow. his name, Yad Hey Vav Hey, which is Hakma, Bina, the Fire Rose Vav, and Shekinah or Malkut. Don't hate on Malkut. That's the final Hey of the Tetragrammaton. Mm -hmm. That's his name. So don't yeah. hate on Malkut. That's the holy name of God. God. So love the earth. Had to put his own name on it. Mm -hmm. on, but in us, <laughs> it might be buried under there. Garrett. Mm -hmm. Get rid of the foreskin, get rid of the membrane, like we talked about, those four rungs of Malkut. And there you'll find the inscription and the engraving of the name of God on a pure sapphire stone. Malkut is mm. arguably the most important uh, one of all of them. Mm. So don't despise Malkut because it's the most important, okay? We talked about Hebrews. The worlds were framed, fashioned, put in order, worlds in order. What worlds? Well, we know. <laughs> These ones. Seventh week, that's conclusion, chosen, be chosen, witness of righteousness, everlasting plant. You can put that for your plant level. That's a good one for your plant level notes. Plant of righteousness. Plant of righteousness. Need plant level glory. <laughs> plant righteousness. Tree of life. Plant of life. All right. 
And uh, maybe somebody could get me uh, one of the grapefruit, like uh, the culture pop. That'd be nice. So thirsty. All right. Went through my beverage here. Adam Cadmon, eighth week of righteousness. Generations. We talked about the ninth week being the word. Why? Because he holds his word above his name. The word is above his name. So what is oh, his wow. name? Start the word the... is above his name. Yep. So oh, thank if thank you, uh, Keter, there the white rose on the top left. That's the Adam Kadmon. That's the olive, which represents the breath of his mouth. The breath of his name begins in Adam Kadmon. So that's a wild. The word the word is above his name. So the ninth week above the eighth oh, week goodness. is the emanation, the crown over Keter, the word <laughs> he holds above his name. Ooh, the revelation is so sick up here. I'm just overcome. There's nothing more fun than talking about Jesus, his name, how awesome he is, Engaging how awesome his name is, his word is. I mean, even just to talk about his hairstyle and his sandals, nobody has the more iconic fashion statement of <laughs> any generation or history ever. Yeah. If anybody, you say, oh yeah, no, the Jesus sandals. Hello? He yeah. invented the Jesus the sandal. The world knows what it is. The, the, the ro white robe, the sash, the hair. Yep. Pure icon. Fashion <laughs> icon of the ages. That's true. No one is more recognizable than that, and no one's done it better. And no, it never will. Amen. He's All right. still wearing it right He's now. He's still wearing it. It'll never go out of style because it's the best. It's <laughs> mm -hmm. the Son of God. Yeah. <laughs> the Word. <laughs> Everything He does is perfect. So you literally, you'll never out-fashion Jesus. All right. Mm. I'll design some clothes for him someday. He told me though. Mm, that'll be really fun. Amen. Oh, looking forward. <laughs> Trying to get some pieces for myself. <laughs> what about mine to fish? <laughs> he needs a what, handbag. Um, what kind of handbag? Would a man you, bag. Yeah. What kind of? I think something to match the to go with the sandals. You know, like the perfect man bag to go with the Jesus sandals and the white robe and everything. Mm. Like. like Elevate the iconic look of the ages. Amen. The word ninth week. Okay, we talked about that. It's above his name. Oh, okay. You have magnified your word above all your name. Why all your name? Again, not just your name, Hakmabina Yad Hey, but the breath of his mouth, mm. which is the apex of the Yad. The Yad has that little apex. If you look at the full Hebrew letter, not just a little type font for the computer, but the handwritten ones. They have the apex with an orb at the top. Before and that's the, gods, the world of Adam Kadmon. Before the Elohim, before the angels. Amen. Amen. Okay, and then boss wave, tenth week judgment. Why do we call that boss wave? Does anyone know why it's a boss wave? It's the height of the the stolen ten weeks of Lucifer Satan. Yep. Yep. And then uh if someone wants to go into a deep study because you're obsessing over the boss wave and you've been thinking about it nonstop since we talked about it, if that's you watching online, you can uh, find it on Facebook. Maybe somebody will post it later. It's about the final wave of the floods uh, from a vision and a dream. That's when I ended up uh, surfing the glory uh, in a really interesting experience and during the whole sermon of uh, what's uh, John and Carol are not they were like the um, what did they, they stewarded the, the outpouring Toronto of, blessing so the Toronto blessing I went 
and got to see them in Houston, uh, Texas. And they asked the pastors to all come down, you know, to be prayed for. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm a YouTube pastor. I'll go down and get, I'm going to go get blessed. Yeah, this, I didn't, that was my first uh, Christian, like, conference where you get to go to, like, you know, that I never, you know, when you're a kid, if you didn't get to go to Disneyland, but you heard about other kids going to Disneyland. It was a big deal. It was a big deal for me because I, I never got, I never went to the charismatic stuff. I was always kind of like, yeah, the church is all infiltrated, so I can't really go anyway. It's not, I'd rather just, I got to know the God Glory Stream Conference, hop, like the Grateful Dead on tour, like right. junkies. So I never got to have that experience. And so I didn't really want to back in the day because it, everything was so infiltrated anyway. And it just wasn't, God never said to go to it. But this one, this is the first time he ever told me to go to a conference. So I was excited. Like, obviously there's a reason why all the Nefesh and all the Ruah souls want to go to a conference, Christian thing. I want to see what the hype, this is my first one. Like, like a kid going to the first concert or something, you know. It was so much fun. I had such a blast. And they really did a good job just, again, they stayed in their lane all these 28 years. Mm -hmm. And they were faithful with what God gave them. And they continued to steward it. And, and they're both formally divorced and remarried. Yeah. And then they're there just like the Holy Ghost Stewarded is all the biggest over. revival. John and Carol are not in Toronto, Canada for 28 Eight years. And I go in there and it's the Holy Spirit mm. of Jesus Christ. Just And he was hitting them with like these little waves of and people were getting hit. And then like it would hit and you could tell where he was hitting them. And there was these fun manifestations going on, and a lot of it was laughter. But it wasn't like I don't know. I we had we had rode the battlefront over here. We saw I've seen all kinds of crazy, weird, demon possessed. I'm used to weird demon possessed people laughing mm -hmm. and cackling like demons. So it's kind of like I don't really like that. <laughs> but when I went there and I saw that, you know, because they're not like at the front lines. You know, there's a lot of people there. They genuinely want to know God. It's like. They're not just like clippeth possessed it's front lines. It's not controversial teaching. It's you know, like it's already established. established for decades. Right. So there's no not like offended. a lot of there's no like front no lines one, warfare. No over one's there. offended. Yeah. So it was just very different. It was like again, it was like Disneyland. You know, it was just like oh, this is nice. They have their you know, there's whatever things. Front lines is very different. Front lines is very different. And it's like all right, is this thing going to destroy timelines, destinies, or try to kill somebody through false you know everything niceness, controversial everything. Yo, yo, this is the most intense place in the cosmos. Is, it's like, the only place to be, in my opinion. Yeah, it is, it's exciting. I could see how, you know, if going to those kind of things, it would get boring after a while. You know, we're soldiers. I'm like, all right, there we go. It's time to, time to chop some demon heads off, right? You know, so if I, no one's got, no one was manifesting Let's like demon otters. blood and guts on their sunglasses from the You've fiery preaching, you know? Like, you just can't get that kind of live action. <laughs> you know, you just, angels dragging demons out the front door while they're squirming around. You can see their tail flapping around. Like, we get the best show. <laughs> You're never going to see that at a normal Christian conference. Like, my, I'm not going to get the splash zone of demon guts on my glasses at the end of the night trying to clean it off, you know. Not too many Christians have experienced that. Yeah. So, so it's different. But anyway, Covered I had a in physical great time. demon blood. So we're talking about the wave. Uh, I had a dream or vision about this wave. Uh, two <laughs> waves. There's two waves. We've talked about this uh, before on Joel's bar. But it's that final wave. And so I go down to, you know, they're going to pray for people. 
one by one, everybody's getting knocked out flat on the ground. And I checked to make sure, I was like, I'll just make sure nobody's pushing anybody because, you know, I came from outer court Christianity. You know, they tell you that they just push people You've never been slain in the spirit before. No one ever prayed for me to touch me to like, you know. It's a whole culture. The only time I'd ever gotten slain in the spirit was when I was alone in my closet praying (laughs) and I had been making fun of it with to my, you know, my outer court friends had been making fun of it. So I made fun of it because, you know, when you're around mockers, you become one, right? Mm. Yeah. That it corrupts your character. And so you just kind of, oh, haha, yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, I'm sure. Because then they show you little clips of people doing it. Mm. But that's just clip of the activity to perpetuate that belief system. They don't want you to believe in Jesus. So they won't show you pictures of actual ones happening. They'll show you videos and pictures of people doing it on purpose to give it a bad rap so that people in the out of courts never go. Remember, he said, I am and slew the whole legion of Roman soldiers. Yeah. So, Welcome to slain in the spirit. So I was just kind of going with the flow. You know, when you just kind of go with the flow and however people are acting, you just kind of act like them, that kind of nefesh behavior. So that's what I had done, and I'd been making fun of it. And then, uh, so that happened. I was praying in my closet, and I had made fun of it, and then all of a sudden I got pushed back, 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 and then I felt like I got slain. But God did it, and I heard him speak to me, don't make fun of it. And he pushed me over (laughs) in my closet, telling me not to make fun of it anymore because it's real. So that was a fun rebuke. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, you don't want to mock things of the divine nature Mm -hmm. that you don't know anything about. You'll find yourself the enemies of God real quickly. He knew I was being just a dumb it's little kid, blasphemy. so he was just like, you know, it'll be funny, I'll push you over. <laughs> the blasphemy out you. there is just so rampant that mm-hmm. it's just culture is mockery. It's cultural. Bad company corrupts good morals. Anyway, so... But it's I, a good band. I like bad company. So, at this point, I already knew about people being slain in the spirit and that it was real and I did believe in it. And obviously, you know, we're God inside mine and glory stream, so it already been like in Red Letter Ministries. This was just last year, actually. Was it last year? Last spring. And uh, so, but I'm checking, you know, that you, you still have that little inner, like, I'm just going to check to make sure, because I know that even though it's real, there still are people out there who kind of push. They do oh, weird I was stuff. I was born <laughs> in the AG, <laughs> I and I mean, pushed. you get slain in the spirit every single meeting four times a week. Um, Pentecostal mayhem, we've seen it all. Mm-hmm. But there were pastors, I, I grew my tolerance so I could hold my liquor, mm-hmm. which is the presence of God inside your body. That's what we called it. And Bob Jones called it holding your liquor boy. Learning how to stand in the presence instead of just easily short circuit your fuse and get slain in the presence. So we'd have people with really high level tolerances for the glory <laughs> in North Central uh, University and in Teen Challenge. But so they want, didn't want to look bad. The pastors would literally physically just push us over at that point. Because they didn't want to look bad. I had Paul Keith Davis try to do it to me once. Oh, That's man. right. So, no. so anyway, so I've <laughs> seen, so having been gone from someone who made fun of it to God pushed me over to getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and then finding out that it, it's real, but I hadn't gotten to have that experience. Again, I didn't get to go to Christian conferences. That was one, wasn't something I got to do. So Bob I was just checking before they got to me. I was just checking to see if there was any kind of pushing happening. Like, ain't nobody can push me over. Yeah. If it's God, I'll take it. But if it's just somebody, there's just some jerk coming down the line to push us over to make them look spiritual, I don't really want to be treated That's like that. That's a real argument out there amongst the Baptists and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. The anti-unicorn tongues people. <laughs> the anti- <laughs> Those mess. were my 
I had friends that watched that channel. Oh, you know, like, man, I, don't I went to the comments and I saw God. one of my old friends. They're like, we lost her to the There's pool. a Holy Spirit. Uh, okay. That's like a revelation to <laughs> two-thirds of the Christians in America, that the Holy Spirit's real. Isn't that wild? It's like, now I Woo! have the best unicorn tongues. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's worse than you could have imagined. <laughs> First and foremost, Holy Ghost. Then follow him as mm -hmm. God until you're on the top of the mountain. And Amen. Let's get to know the angels after that. Anyway, so that's kind of the back. So that's why I'm in the line and I'm excited because, oh, you know, maybe I'll get slain in the spirit. But then, like, you know, check in, make sure I'm not pushing people over. And so I, I noticed barely even touching them and they're knocking out. All right, we're good. So whatever happened, now I made up my mind. Uh, you know, you're, I'm looking, judging from a distance. Say, okay, no, we're good. They're not pushers, you know. We'll be fine. So whatever happens, happens. It's I just want to receive. It's not fake. It's not fake. And everybody was getting knocked out. And so I was excited. I was like, man, these people are real deal. And I didn't know who they were. I had no concept of uh, them being uh, the Toronto outpouring people. I just had no understanding of church history. I didn't even know who they were. <laughs> I went there because some of my favorite authors were going to be there. And the Lord told me to go. And so that's why I was there. But I literally had no idea. I was just completely ignorant. And I think the angels thought it was funny. So they were they like I like they like to laugh at me, with me, and for me, and they're wonderful. Yeah, so, pure spirits. Yeah, they're yeah, that's I like to provide at least entertainment if they have to be assigned to me. That was kind of my mentality they for are a whole season. It was like at least at least you can enjoy your time here on earth being in charge of a human. Make it entertaining for the angels, right? <laughs> at least try to keep them entertained. You know, they don't you know, have to be a man. You, you grow in favor with the angels. You make an effort to grow in Christ. The angels will highly favor you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, so that's it's not just God. It's Holy Spirit and millions and myriads of angels. It is written. Yeah. So that was really fun. Uh, so they're coming down the line. And everyone's getting knocked out. And I feel the glory. It's, and you know, I'm a drinker at that point. And, you know, being God inside mine, being the, you know, learn how to drink, being in the cup. And it starts to, and it feels so amazing. And I just is like, I was thinking, I got to have more. This is what I need to take with me for, you know, for my friends, for our people. This is an impart, this is an impartation happening right now. This is a God planned this trip. I'm supposed, he told me to be here. This is why I'm receiving something tangible right now. And I noticed it filled me up, but I wasn't getting knocked over. And, but I just, something happened and I looked at him, it was John, and I looked at him and I asked, and I was just like, whew, so overwhelmed. And I asked him, please, and I'm almost on the verge of tears at that point, please, can I have more? Please, I need more. And then he started, he looked at me and he said, what are you going to do with it? Mm. And I told him something. And based on what I told him, he took his hand and I was the only person in the whole line got a double portion. Double portion of the outpouring of the Toronto. Mm. Uh, the and then after that, you surf for like an hour. And minute. I got whacked, man. I got whacked. I didn't go down, but I thought I was for a minute. That was, whoo, man. It was like all 28 years compacted into like a punch. He did something real special. I could see his compassion and tenderness in his face when I asked. And then when he did that, it was like, 
felt like the father was just, you know, right there. And they keep going down the line. People are falling out. And I'm just going, Whoa. There's been so many batons Man. passed from the leaders of the church mm. age to the beginning of the leaders of the kingdom age. And that's what this generation is. It's the transition from the old guard yeah. to the new guard, the old earth, new earth, old heavens, new heavens, church age to kingdom age. And it affects all civilization. And I was so, uh, for that to happen, I didn't even know, again, I didn't know who they were. I didn't, I just knew that this was God moving. And for it to be done in love is really a precious thing. It was done tenderly. It was done in love, and which was really cool. And so then I, I end up on this glory wave surfing, and my whole physical body animated in the surfing, the glory. And I kept thinking, I'm going to fall over, and there comes there's another wave, you know. And this goes on, and, you know, this precious man of God allowed me to continue surfing throughout the entire sermon. I don't know how long it was. It was like I just an hour knew and I was, a half you surfed wasn't, there. I was surfing. And you know, they, they interviewed me during, during it. Someone, maybe you can share the video uh, sometime, but you can see they can... The surfer girl. Yeah, and they, so he came over and then I got to prophesy about the and wave. And the, the woman painting you know, over on the other side doing prophetic art did the big wave. Mm, yeah, they gave me the... They gave me the... They had just done this prophetic art uh, right before I... Was it one the, They gave me a wave and then there was another one that was a girl, a blonde girl that was... Um, what would they call it? Surfing. Windsurfing. So the one was yeah. a giant wave, and then so all week they were, the staff was calling me the windsurfer girl. And remember, the, I think mm. the surfing one was before she came to the conference yeah. of prophesying yep. and you then, surfing then during there, at the conference. And then during there was the wave. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they, so they gave me the wave one to take back a with me. A week before. And I put that wave in the back of my car, and that's what I drove in my car from <laughs> Texas to Minneapolis all the way up that, what's that, I-35? I-35, the highway of I brought that. I was like, we were prophesying the wave going all the way. Yeah, going all the way up. Isaiah I-35. So man, the clip has tried to clip me so hard Daniel, that whole drive, man. To Minneapolis. They're trying to chase me down using their space laser, and they didn't get mm -hmm. me because God kept me. But uh, anyway, so the surfing and the wave. So there's a wave of never-ending revival. That's the one that I talked about in the uh, surfing thing. There are two waves. There's never-ending revival, and then there is... Mm, yeah, the this is the, the, the boss wave, which is the floods of Noah. Yep, that is tenth week judgment, and you can see there what it's that coming is. up really quickly, guys. Yeah, and I think what's going to be interesting again, we've talked about this this week. What's going to happen when flesh and blood touch that week? Mm. But the external realm is in the seventh week externally. <laughs> yeah. well, so we talked about it before. Why did the demons freak out when Jesus came around? He brought 10 weeks judgment and he went and he only, he only healed who the father told him to heal. And he only went where the father told him to go. Same thing with Elijah. There were many widows who were starving to mm. death, but he didn't, he didn't go to any of them. He didn't pray for any of them. Mm. They were starving to death and they were Israelites. They Just were God's went to people. The Gentile. He went to one person. <laughs> Everyone else starved to death. Yeah. Because Elijah was not told by God to go to them. So we can just get more of that strange fire out. We only go where God tells us to go. No matter how much people beg or they go, oh, lay hands on me, lay hands on me. Bob Jones said he died. Uh, he was going to die early be with his organs. Mm -hmm. 
his organs failed him. Why? Because he felt bad for the people. He would just lay hands and pray for people when God First didn't tell ministry. him to. That's, that's your oil. That's what killed him. Don't spend your oil. Don't be a wise virgin. Don't spend your oil and just telling everybody you have this oil and praying for everybody and releasing it. Buy your it. own oil, buckwheat. Yeah. They need to produce fruit. The loving thing for you to do, if you just go and heal them, they're never going to learn the lesson, which is get circumcised. Yeah. I had uh, so many health issues in my past then I talked to the Lord. Some of them were miraculously healed immediately. Some of them were signs and wonders that made a doctor cry, right? But other of them, they remained and only improved little bit by little bit as I made progress. And the Lord told me he was more interested in changing my heart than healing my body. He, it's eternal value versus just your external life value. Jesus said the same thing. You're better yep. off going into heaven with only mm -hmm. one hand and one eye than right. having both and going to hell. So if I hadn't been so desperate for all the different pains in my life, <laughs> then I would have never found the sapphire stones. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now and doing what's important to the Father. So all those little things that you think it's so life crippling or you have things that you need healed, don't even worry about that. Just get the circumcision and go up. It takes care of itself as we change our character. Don't become the enemy of the sword of the Spirit. Yep. The Word of God. Become mm -hmm. a close friend right. of it. And how many people did Jesus go around healing that was just a bunch of uh, Pharisees gnashing their teeth at the kingdom age? None of them. Who's everyone trying to run around in charismatic Christianity healing? All the Pharisees, right? The, that pharisaical seed. So all that pressure of trying to do strange fire, good works, going around healing up everybody. Elijah didn't do it. They say, you know, Jesus and healed everyone. Jesus didn't do it either. Where, but they'll say, oh, well, Jesus, he healed he everyone. He walked through a leper colony. He went to a specific location. Yep. Left the rest of them sick. There were certain locations. Everyone got healed. There were certain locations. It's all about what? I only do what my father is doing. Amen. Elijah didn't pray for any of the widows starving to death. He went to the one. It's about serving the Father, not serving man, not serving Nefesh, and not serving unsanct unsanctified, uncircumcised, raw-filled believers. A lot of times it's just about obedience mm -hmm. to see if you'll obey Him or yep. just become, you know, worker of strange thing. fire, build your kingdom, look good in front of the eyes of men and women. At that point, you like might as well just... demon. At that point, you might as well just be part of the clippeth because you already are. All right. Nimrod Christianity, burn in hell. Olam helam. Alam is related to the word halam, which means concealment, which means things are concealed. When Satan conceals things, it's to harm you. When God conceals things, it's for your benefit. Why is it for your benefit? It's about the revelation. Amen. When it's concealed you and you search it out, you mm. get the revelation, and the revelation changes you from the inside out. He hides his revelation mm. in the glory. Kings go into mm. the glory and search it out, Proverbs says. Amen. It's about transformation. Okay, that was a nice message from one of our students. Okay, we talked about these. You can save that for later. Peshat, Ramez, Duresh, Saad. And I got that memorized already. I don't. All right, I'll do some more study. Traversing the Torah, you're going up sapphire right, I got to tell a testimony about this one. Mm. We have a brother in Australia that when this came on his TV watching Joel's bar last, last night, his TV exploded. Was that this page? This page. Oh, I was wondering yep. what did it. Wow. Yep, it was this page traversing the Torah that made his TV literally blow up. It exploded. 
Because there's so much life and light. So you'll probably power need a nice. So make sure if the glory destroys one of your te um, technology pieces mm. or electronics, make sure you get a better, higher Upgrades. quality one. Because if you try to do the same thing or just try to repair stuff, better bandwidth. Uh, it'll the glory will just break it again. And we've had confirming signs, wonders, visions, and dreams from multiple people about that. Okay. Yep, so you're traversing the Torah, you're going through the worlds. That's the Torah, the sapphire stones, the body of Christ. Why is it the Torah? The word of God. Jesus is the word of God. The sapphire stones are his body, his cosmic body. Amen. And eat my flesh, drink my blood. That means drink that Shekinah glory. See that kind of glowing, glowing substance of fire, water, light, like electricity, energy, the blood of Jesus transfigured. That's the Shekinah. So you drink that, drink my blood and then eat his flesh which is the sapphire stones which is not this not uncircumcised of your own or clippeth kingdom but you're eating the revelation the purified revelation from you getting mm. the circumcision so that you can taste and see that the lord is good okay let's read that right part Peshat, ramez darash sod forming together the hebrew word pardes also meaning orchard, orchard. upper garden of eden Orchard of Shekinah. Okay. And the fruit is also the sapphire stone. So when you're talking about the fruit of the spirit or the fruit, uh, those are fruit, cosmic fruits, which are virtues, aspects of compassion. What's the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience. All that is sapphire stones. Okay. Of Jesus Christ. And you can do more study on your own time in those. The homiletical interpretative meeting, midrash, the okay, all right. The secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Oh. What did Jesus say? I'll give you the Kabbalah uh -huh. yeah. of the New Testament. Okay, so here's the thing. Everybody <laughs> wants the top one, right? That was a juicy one. That was like the, ooh, secret knowledge, right? But what you need is the bottom stuff. That's true. You need all of it, but it the straight... Up. Milk Direct, for the babies, then goes to solid meat. Straight up, tell you that Eros, false love, is an abomination, and your version of current yeah. Christianity is an abomination, and pretty much everything we think and feel the way we do everything when we're in the world of society is just completely wrong, and we don't understand why until later. But get circumcised anyway, even if it doesn't make sense to the fallen Nefesh. It's not going to make sense to uncircumcised Nefesh. You have to get circumcised by faith, and obedience, remember what is that obedience? Matzah, you're not gonna get manna until after you have matzah. That's right. So you're not gonna get the, re well, when I get the revelation, then I'll obey and maybe you're telling me the truth, but I need my own revelation. No, you need matzah, mm -hmm. you need to obey. Later, we're gonna head out to the mountain, Ever the Torah's gonna come down, we're gonna have this angel bread, this delicious pastry, amazing honey little cake thing angels are gonna be you know yep. it's gonna be amazing they ate the bread of angels it is written so but just be down with, i'm down with some matzah i'm down we've had some gts lately from the tribe about matzah some of the chocolate matzah i don't really know if that's in the bible but i'm just saying the, the sin wants to jump ahead and then put it on the foreskin of the mm -hmm. of the uncircumcised well, part of you you have to obliterate that with mm -hmm. the Peshat before the Ramez, before yep. the Darash, before the Sad. Otherwise, you go solid meat, and but you have no circumcisions. And you're, you're a, a dying total baby. freaking devil every single right. time. 
if somebody came in here and you had a little tiny baby that could only have like basically it's mother's milk and maybe some crushed up peas, little, you know, little baby food in the jars. Because it's just not if, price. If you were whole, if if you were in charge of somebody's baby, let's say the mom's like, hey, I gotta go to the bathroom. Can you watch my baby for a minute? And you're watching the baby, give and it then Wagyu. and then yeah, and then someone's trying to come in and be like, hey, let me give this baby some steak. You'd be like, no. You're gonna kill what? it. You would be angry, wouldn't you? <laughs> you're gonna kill it. Like you're an idiot. Yeah. Gosh. Let it, let it have a steak knife in its hand. Yeah, and but that's how people are. It's a bloody mess. That's how it is. Infants with... want to play with knives and steak, and then they wonder why they're and they bleeding, put every... bitter, and a mm -hmm. total disaster. Because babies put everything in their Milk mouth. Milk is good. They can't have knives. They can't have steak. Because they put everything in their mouths. Why? Because it's a baby. Even if you're an older Christian, if your spirit is still little, you're still a little gingerbread man of light, and you got to grow it bigger... That's not a problem. It's not a bad thing. It just means like your spirit, it's a bad baby thing for man, your pride because you want to be more mature than your current spiritual state. Right. And so the devil just comes out and shines. So dazzling demons. Yep. So you don't have to be like everybody else who's been like that. This is a new time. You're a new tribe of people. You're the remnant. So you're like, you know what? I'm not going to be like that. Just remind yourself, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that girl. I'm not going to be that person. <laughs> I'm actually going to do it right. We're going to do it right. Amen. And just, you can put it in your That's notes. The fruit that I'm going to do it right. That's going to be me. Everyone else burns out because they don't do it right. Everybody don't else might have did it wrong. Person. I'm going to do it right. Just Amen. make it mine. Write it down. I'm going to do it the right way. It's an eternal adventure. You can choose. That's why the foundations have to be perfect. Spirit on upward through soul and mind and body. Amen. Amen. So if the apostles look like they're telling you straight up how it is, that's probably food for Isaiah. And we teach all the other levels. But again, what do we do? Mama bird, baby bird, allegorical situation in a form that you can receive it without it doing you harm. And that's love. That's love because we build you up. And now as people are beginning to rise and they are beginning to rise successfully, that's happening now. We're in the early phases of that. As you go higher, all those things that you think you want to know now, get added to you then, but you'll be a completely different person by then. You'll be an entirely different creature on the glory inside. Glory to glory. Which means you're going to handle it much differently than if God gave it to you today. It, if you're When you're 16 years old and God gives you a car, car keys and you can learn how to drive and it's exciting and it's fun, it's what you've been wanting, but he's not going to give the car keys to the five-year-old, right? That's just mm -hmm. irresponsible. Why? Because he's concerned for your safety and your longevity. Okay. All right. God's a good parent. Oh, we're in the new ones. Oh. Okay. So, again, this is just breaking it down again. Isaiah is the literal interpretation. Yetzira is like a hint. You know, the mystery boxes. It's a hint. Uh, Berea is like a sermon. And absolute is... A secret. Literal, oh, hint, sermon, and secret. Secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Literal, hint, sermon, secret. Mm. Wonderful. We need them all. Three major pilgrimage festivals. Pilgrimage means what? You're going somewhere. Right? Passover, Shavuot, weeks, Pentecost, Sukkot, tabernacles, tents, or booths. These are three... Uh, major pilgrimage festivals in Judaism or in the Old Testament. The multiple words there, 
So Shabbat, that's just, uh, in English, we call that Feast of Weeks. We call it Pentecost. So for New Testament born-again believers, believing in Jesus Christ, receiving the Holy Spirit baptism, what we call Pentecost, uh, the Jews, they call that Shabbat. God chose to release the Holy Spirit on Shabbat for reasons. It wasn't just it happened to be that day, like, you know, coincidence. No, it was creative design. Sukkot, that's tabernacles, tents, or booths. And in the School of the Magi, there's a really good one on Passover, Pentecost, tabernacles. And so you can revisit that one if you want to go into, like, some more of the deep cuts and all that. Okay. The three major pilgrimage festivals. You know, pictures here going on. Passover, Moses, water baptism, Pentecost, Shabbat weeks. That's the <laughs> tongues of fire resting on their heads without pouring the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and then tabernacles, Sukkot, Sukkah. That's a little shelter. You know, when, uh, when they were on top of the mountain and Jesus transfigured, why don't we build a shelter, one for you, what do you say, one for you, one for Elijah? One for Moses. One for Moses. <laughs> and so what do we look at in the Sephirot? We have uh, on the pillar, as the Sephirot is pillars on the left and the right. Do you remember those from the master class? One is Moses, one is Elijah, right, the, the Boaz and the Jachin, and the middle one is Christ. So that's why Moses and Elijah showed up with Jesus, because they represent the three pillars. The apostle, the prophet, and God. Okay. All right. Should we build, that's why he said, should we build a shelter? Because that's the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, tents, or booths, or the little sign there with the little sheep. Yeah, the little sheep. <laughs> Baptism of fire. It's about not just a visitation, a habitation. Not just a visitation. We want a habitation. How? Building an external booth like they were thinking about doing on top of the mountain. And he's like, not quite. You become a booth. I'm a booth. <laughs> yep, your body is the tent. I'm a booth. Of Yarivave. Oh. It is written. Okay. You're, you're a tent. And that sheep is on fire. Mm. Time to be a tent of pure Torah. All right. Oh, and the little things there, that's the... Uh, the etrog and the lulav, the little branch. On tabernacles on Sukkot, they wave the little things around. It has deep mystical meaning. And it's literally just about sapphire stones. The little citrus there means mal is malkut. So if you're studying the word of God about the etrog, the lulav, the one that's the citrus fruit, that's, uh, that's malkut. Okay. <clears throat> Berean literal Bible. Instruction about baptisms and laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. We just talked about eternal judgment through 10 weeks. Baptisms, water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism, and then fire baptism. That's Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. That's Hebrews 6 2. Baptism, instructions about baptisms, plural. The three major pilgrimage festivals. Okay, so we talked about those three. Passover to Shavuot, Weeks Pentecost. We have counting the Omer. What is that? You might remember it from the master class. That's the time between Passover, which is called Pesach, in Hebrew, and Pentecost, 
which is Shabbat or weeks. Why do we care about that little in-between part between Passover and Shabbat? The counting over the Omer, what is that? Between the holidays of Passover and Shabbat, the Omer is counted each evening, signifying our preparation for receiving of the Torah. Preparation for receiving of the Torah. What just exploded that dude's TV the other day? Yeah. Traversing the Torah. Amen. All right, traversing the Torah. So counting the Omer signifies our preparation for the receiving of the Torah on the holiday of Shavuot. So Shavuot is when they were going to receive the Torah. And the counting of the Omer is that time in between the Passover, which was Moses, right? They, uh, they, the angel of death passed over them. They put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost before they left Egypt. All of the firstborn in Egypt died, including Pharaoh's firstborn son. But the Israelites were not harmed. The people of God were not harmed because of the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. The blood of the lamb on the doorpost. All right. Between the holidays of Passover and Shabbat. What is the Omer? Every evening from the second night of Passover to the day before Shabbat, Pentecost weeks. So again, Pentecost for the Old Testament is when they received the Torah from Moses. Moses went up and got the Torah and brought it down from sapphire stones. We find that description of sapphire stones. Mm. He brought it down. But for New Testament Christians, we call that Pentecost of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We count another day marking the 49 days, seven weeks between these two holidays. The Omer is the name of a special offering that was brought on the second day of Passover. So on the second day of Passover, they brought a special offering. What is the Omer? On the second day of Passover, the 16th of Nisan, in addition to the regular holiday offering, a lamb was offered together with an omer, the omer of barley. An omer of barley taken from the first harvest of the land of Israel. So, an omer of barley, and that is called the Sephirot Ha-Omer. <laughs> That's just like normally what the Jewish people call it. The Sephirot Ha-Omer, which means the counting of the Omer. The lamb being offered together with the Omer of barley. That's the counting in between Passover to Shavuot. The Sephirot Ha-Omer, and we've included our little picture of there. Sephirot, get it? Oh, there it is. Oh my gosh, okay. We get it. Passover. It's really good. Here's back to happy Shavuot. Happy, hope everyone has a happy Shavuot. Amen. All right. The Sephirot HaOmer, the counting of the Omer. I have some little scholarly clues in here for my students who love the little details. <laughs> and they'll obsess over the little Hebrew words, things like that. So those are Easter eggs. Those are Easter eggs, those are gifts for you guys. You don't that's that you don't have to, but you can, okay? The deep eternal mysteries probably be studying that for a thousand years. All right. The Sephirot HaOmer Counting the Omer, Passover to Pentecost. On the left here we have water. On the right here we have the beginning of the fire. Tongues of fire. Mm. Remember in the book of Enoch, he walked into the tongues of fire. He walked in and then mm. he saw the flames of fire. Wow. There's the house and there's the greater house. The lesser house, the greater mm. house. That's pretty far in the future. 
baptism of John. So you have baptism of Moses and baptism of John. That's why you have Moses there. And you have, remember, you have water baptized. I recommend that every one of you, if you've not been water baptized, get water baptized. Don't, any fear of religious demons is still a fear of Clippeth. It's it, it's a symbolic act. It's like a rite of passage. It's like a baptism of repentance. It's highly symbolic. When I had my water baptism, I went into an entire like visionary experience, and I saw like the tomb, and I saw like the light and the spirit. It was cool. Uh, getting baptized in water is so glorious. Uh, I definitely I highly recommend that. As far as child baptisms, I don't recommend that. If, if a child is seriously wanting to follow the Lord, they're at that age of accountability. That's when they're able to make that decision. For girls, it's 12 years old. And then for the men, that is 13. I wouldn't do any baptisms earlier than the age of accountability. And Amen. I wouldn't, yeah, so, okay. What will burn them at Joel's bar at 10? That's right. Glory. That way they can be presented with the truth and then make their and decision. And they want to be baptized at 12 and 13. Glory. Hopefully. Hopefully. We're praying ha, for you. Ha, ha. That will be enemies. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> bless okay. your angels. You have angels from birth. So yep. just bless your angels to keep <clears throat> blessing the children. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about Pentecost. It lit Shavuot is literally the receiving of the Torah. So what is that coming down? Was it just the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? The Word of God. That's the Torah. All right. New Testament, Sephirot HaOmer. Pentecost, the giving of the Ruach, Hakadesh is the giving of the Ruach of the Torah. Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Happy Shavuot. You got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So the giving of the Ruach, Hakadesh is the giving, that's the Ruach of the Torah. Okay. The soul of the Word of God. The New Testament, Sephirot Homer, Pentecost, the receiving of the Ruach, of the Torah and you receive a Ruah soul, which we can see in our New Sefer World's chart. You receive the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit baptism, and you get a Ruah soul. You have an additional soul. I will give you a new heart. That means soul. I will give you a, a new, new soul. Heart in me, a new soul. So you get a new soul when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it takes Ruah to reflect the Ruach HaKadosh. When you're only in Nefesh, if you only have Nefesh soul, that part that is in the blood, you're just behemoth with Nefesh. That's not capable of reflecting the Holy Spirit. The soul is allegorical of a mirror. We see that in the scripture many times. Why mirror? As your mirror is cleansed, which means your soul is cleansed, when your mirror is no longer dark and spotted or dirty, it gets cleaned, which means you can reflect God's light. Remember, the moon has no light of her own. You have no light of your own. You reflect God. I'm the light of the world. Yes, to the measure you reflect God. It's about Him. It's not about us. It's about Him. He is the source of light, not us. So don't worship your own Ruah. He's the source of light. Clean your Ruah by circumcising it. So each one of those sapphire stones of your world of Yetzirah is perfectly sanctified, glorified, and washed, and baptized in fire. Ruah to reflect the Ruach HaKadosh. And the Ruach HaKadosh. Uh, uh, we have a proper warning. <laughs> uh, that's good. 
I have a much better warning than I do. I'll casually mention things. I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have emphasized that more. That was really dangerous. I'm like, I'll try. Okay. New Testament, Sephirot Homer. If you reject the wisdom of Moses, you reject the Ruah of Torah. If you reject the wisdom of Moses, you reject the Ruah of Torah. Why is that? Who brought the Torah down? The receiving of the Torah? Moses. Who did he get it from? God. What's Pentecost? Receiving of the Torah. But this time, Jesus poured out his spirit. Instead of just taking down tablets, instead of just taking down an iPad, the iPad is great, that's what we're using tonight. Not notes only, but the spirit of the notes. Right. So they got the notes. And then maybe you've had like the Cliff's notes. <laughs> we're trying to get by on Christianity with the Cliff's notes. <laughs> it's not working. Admit it, it's not working. Tried to have AI write my salvation for me, and it came out kind of messed up. Apart from my spirit, you can do nothing. It is written. All right. Okay, so so if you reject the wisdom of Moses, based on, you know, Jesus, he said all kinds of things. What did Jesus say? He said, uh, I did not come to do away with it. Mm, but to fulfill it. But to fulfill it, which means it's fulfilling the wisdom of it. So Jesus said it's necessary. And they said, not one word of it will go away until da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm. And there's some mysteries in there for you. You can check that out if you want to on your own time. So if you reject the wisdom of Moses, you reject the Ruah of Torah. Then they're stuck with Gentile Nimrod fake Christianity on earth, <coughs> as you've seen. Mm. Therefore, your Ruah becomes a house of every unclean thing. This is the danger zone. Yep. So let's take a look here. In the Dewey Rames Bible, Revelation 18.2, And he cried out with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every unclean spirit, and the hold of every unclean and hateful bird. Hateful angels. Oh yeah, that's why there's so many haters. Wrong house. So, on the left here, you'll see, yet that's the world of Yetzira, the Pharaohs, the Vav, the Six. That is when they said, these, O Israel, are your gods. These, that's Ella. And that's alluding to that six of that world of Yetzira. So, that's all the layers of Yetzira. And you see there, that's representative of the Ruah. So let's go back here. If you reject the, mo the wisdom of Moses, you reject the Ruah of Torah. Therefore, your Ruah, right, you receive the Holy Spirit... But he gave you a Ruah soul to reflect the Holy Spirit. So your Ruah is not the Holy Spirit. It's supposed to be a mirror to reflect him, his glory. If you are circumcised of heart, which is repeated over and over in the New Testament. But if there's no circumcision, the mirror is dirty. Foreskin, which is what? Mineral, rock, dust, dirt, plant, dirt. And then the membrane, which is the appearance of good, which is even more dangerous. It'll only be the demonic. Of the demonic, which is the animal, which is the false uh, angelic. If it's not circumcised, it's false angelic. Mm -hmm. If it is circumcised, it's true angelic. Uh, lion, eagle, ox. Amen. And then the man, uh, which is that final part of the circumcision of Malkut, which is the actual image of Jesus Christ and God the Father, and, uh, and I'm putting the Holy Spirit in the animal category just below it as the, his, the glory of the Holy Spirit. The angels are the glory of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit 
being oftentimes referred to as the image of a dove, they're highlighting the animal form. So the perfection of the glory of the animal level is the white dove in purity. And so you need that purity and then you deal with the pride of man, the pride of holiness, which is what Andrew Murray addresses in some of his greatest uh, literary works on just what probably the most important topic for you as you rise, which is humility, talking about the pride of holiness, which is what caused Satan, who used to be known as Lucifer, to fall. So beware the pride of holiness as you rise, that will continually be your enemy, and you'll need to be continually aware that you can't see it, but it's there. And uh, you know, you'll have good friends and your squadron to help you out with that, and the word of God attack the unknown things, the unknown sins. But if the man level at top of Malkut, if it's uncircumcised, that's the image of Satan in the guise of Jesus Christ. And the false father, the father of lies, which yeah. is, whoa, there they go. They're yep. like, oh, we don't oh, need man. The, the sword anymore. Put the, our swords they're, down. Nope. Wow. Need more I hear him out there. He's not happy about that. So <laughs> let's give that to the father. I like it when the teaching makes hell angry. Because we're equipping you with the knowledge and information you need to overcome. Because why are they so mad about you learning how to how to overcome the top level of Malkut and get that full circumcision? Because then there's no hindrance to you going cosmic. And that's what they're terrified of. And that ends their curse of the fall reign yep. of having any inheritance in this universe. So I might even, because they were, so if they were sounding out uh, witchcraft, that means they're probably trying to knock it out of your short-term memory or off of your... Mm -hmm. Receiving, so I would study that part or replay that part of the video again uh, later tonight because the, what that tries to do when they send those invisible sound waves that most people in the room probably couldn't hear is they're trying to send a different message. Mm. Uh, so you might, I noticed that one, it may not have gone in as <sighs> clearly. So let's mm -hmm. make sure when you go to the top of Malkut, we talked about mineral, plant, animal. And then man, the top level of man. Keep it. Yeah. Uh, because I really want them to get this. The because that's what the enemy the doesn't want you to get. You're going to get it anyway. Because God, <laughs> God is God. And there's no other God but him. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. And you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength and the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh is on your doorpost at the hearing of this message now in Jesus name and amen and the overcoming of that man level is when it's circumcised all the way the with that membrane that looks like false light we talked about the foreskin of the bottom two the top two are the angelic the animal and the man level that top man level is that clear membrane that looks like light. It looks good, it looks perfect. It looks like Father God. It looks like Jesus Christ himself. It might even look like Achaean's version of Jesus when they're stealing that image to appear to you as an angel of light or a man of light that look, looks like Jesus. Your idea, our ideas, or our idols of what we think God is going to do, how God's going to do it. The image of perfection, our ideas of perfection, where did that idea originate from? So if it's 
not circumcised, it's the illusion of the highest level of Malkut. But when it's real and it's fully circumcised, you will begin to bear and reflect the image of Jesus Christ himself in your spirit. Amen. Thanks. Okay, Yetzirah, the power. I got the power. Okay, I feel on the day when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you got tongues coming out, feeling the heat. You're just like, you know, this is the best day of my whole life since getting born again, you know? But what's the problem here? What do we talk about here? If you reject the wisdom of Moses, your Ruah becomes the house of every unclean thing. So that's the realm of the Ruah. So if that, if your world of Ruah, which is yet the world of Yetzirah, is the home of every unclean thing from rejecting the wisdom of Moses, that's basically Yetzirah, the power. Remember the Lord's Prayer? He talks about the different levels of the Sephirot. The fire rose, the Vav, the Six, the Yetzirah. That's the power. He says, yours is the kingdom and the power. That's in the big picture. Like, oh, I thought it was to the, the Malkut and Yesod and Had. Yes, in that way, if you go individual uh, planetary spheres or angelic spheres, it's a path to get into the sun. If you look at the big picture of worlds, the kingdom, that's the world of Isaiah, the power, the world of, his, of Yetzirah, and the glory, right, the glory of his throne, the world of Berea, the world of the throne, forever and ever, the world, world of eternity, which is absolute, which is your first experience of the ability to grasp what God is, who God is. And then the amen, which is the breath of his mouth, the yachita of Jesus Christ, the realm of the white rose, the heaven of stillness, the white lamb, the lamb nature of God. So in that, the Lord's Prayer, he unveils what the world of Yetzir is, the power. But what's the problem here? Every unclean spirit and the hold of every unclean hateful bird, separate from God. So that's Yetzir, using Yetzir, or the power, separate from God. That's the false Sephirot Haomer. So the false Sephirot Haomer power, which is dunamis, instead of receiving the Torah, because of the rejection of the wisdom of Moses, which is separating that Ruah, so using the gifts in your own Ruah, but not obeying the Holy Spirit, the Ruah HaKadosh, using the sapphire stone power coming down from the world of Yetzirah, since you have the grace gift of a Ruah soul, it's meant to reflect God and be used for Him, to serve Him. But if you're using it to serve your own Ruah, separate from God, that's the golden calf. The golden calf, they said, these, O Israel, your gods. That's mm. Ella. Amen. And that is the world of Yetzirah. Mm. Okay. The golden calf sin is when believers want the power of the Ruah, dunamis, for miracles, signs, wonders, and provision of food, drink, clothing, and money without following the Zadik, a human being, and still using the Sephirot properties apart from obedience to God's leadership. What did they say? Where is Moses? We haven't seen him. Maybe he's never coming back. He's probably never coming back. We don't need to follow Moses. He's just a dude. He, he actually, he murdered an Egyptian. He was in Pharaoh's house. It's probably just a sorcerer like everybody else. It's probably witchcraft. It's probably Johnny's. I've seen him talking to Johnny's and John Bray's. I've seen him over there with the sorcerers, you know. Who knows? All kinds of stuff. 
But what did they do? Ella, he said, these are your God. What did they want? They wanted the sapphire stones. Who actually went up to the sapphire stones? Who paid the price in the wilderness? Like, Apostle Shadrach was preaching this morning, which was fire. You go through the wilderness. Jesus did it. He went through the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit, it says. Moses, he went into the wilderness. Why? To be trained by God and to pass your tests. Who was there to comfort Moses? Nobody other than God. Who was there to comfort Jesus? Nobody but God. He said the angels afterward came and attended to him. So when you're going through that wilderness testing and that learning experience, that's where that seed goes to die so it can grow into a large plant, to a large tree, and produce fruit. So don't think God gave up on you. Understand what season you're in. How do you know what season you're in? So good. When you value God as your inheritance above the miracle, signs, wonders, provision of food, drink, and clothing, and money, and you want God as your reward more than all of that. You don't care anymore about all of that. doesn't mean you reject it as a Gnostic heretic, but when you desire God as your inheritance, mm. then you'll know what season you're in. You know the times and seasons because you desire Him. So if you don't know what season it is, it's time to tear down some idols so you know what season you're in. You know, they talk about woe to the son who sleeps through his, his day of opportunity. How are you going to know what season you're in? Tear down the idols so you'll know. If it's a wilderness season, the wilderness season looks like it's different than any other season. You've got to know what season you're in. Otherwise, you'll be misinterpreting God's will for your life and thinking that he gave up on you. And that's when you start the backbiting. And that's when the temptation for slander and attacking. Somebody else might have been way long past their wilderness season just because they're on a different time. Like, their life is on a different time. Wilderness or whimperness. <laughs> Amen. So you don't know when someone's doing well and being prosperous, never be jealous and never pray witchcraft prayers against them out of jealousy. Never be envious because you don't know what that person or what those people no went through in their wilderness. <laughs> they might have had a wilderness that you couldn't have survived. God's only going to give each person what they can handle. It might be equally difficult for you, but it's a different type of situation. It's an individual basis based on the Father. He only allows certain things. Now, if you're off into sin and fornication and secret sin, don't, oh, it's my wilderness season. No, you went into the clippeth. Going into bondage, into captivity of the enemy is not a wilderness season. Mm -hmm. Wilderness season is intentional following of God. You're following God, not Satan. Amen. Yep. So understand the difference. 40 days for Jesus. Yep. So that's trying to use your Ruah, the Yetzirah, the power separate from God. You care more about, you want the miracle signs and wonders, provision, food, drink, clothing, and money without following the Zadik, which is a human being, an apostle, a human being, which Brandon and I are as one Zadik, and still using the Sephirot properties apart from obedience to God's leadership. Where is Moses? What's he doing? We're just going to do, we're just going to follow our own Ruah and make this cow. And then what happened? Fornication and sand. They made sand. their own Jesus. They made their own God. Yep. Counting the Omer, a measure of barley. Counting from the Omer offering 
barley, Passover, to the wheat offering. So you go from barley to wheat. Well, is it organic? <laughs> is it uh, sprouted, at least? You know, I, I like sprouted. Gluten-free. Gluten-free. There is gluten. Gluten-tugging. gluten to the wheat offering, which is Shavuot Pentecost. And then you can just take that, those two pieces of information and just go ham on a Bible study sometime. Sephirot Palmer, what typically goes wrong during this time? So we want to talk about harvest, harvest farming issues, right? We're going from barley, we're going from Passover, Moses, water baptism, to Shavuot, receiving of the Torah, baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Sephirot Halmer, what typically goes wrong during this time? Sephirot Halmer, what typically goes wrong? We talked about this. The golden calf sin. When believers want the power of the Ruad Dunamis for miracle signs, wonders, and provision of food, drink, clothing, and money without following the Zadik, a human being, and still using the Sephirot properties apart from obedience to God's leadership. That's usually what goes wrong. Where were they at? They were in between Pesach and Shavuot, which was from Passover mm. to receiving the Torah. They were getting ready. They were go they were going through the Sephirot Haomer, wow. which means that was their Kabbalistic journey with Moses as their apostle and the head Kabbalist of holiness. You're ending the cycle of rebellion today. You can Amen. see that. Amen. That's the goal. Amen. And that's why he's here. Yeah. These, O Israel, are your gods. That's what goes wrong. Ruah, my own god. Yetzirah, the power separate from God. The false Sephirot Haomer, the power, the dunamis, after being baptized in the Holy Spirit instead of receiving the Torah. Shavat isn't about you having your own miracle working sign and power and being able to provide. Now I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now I'll have food, drink, and clothing, and money. The pagans go after these things, he said. Now I can do miracles and signs and wonders. Now I have hot hands. Yeah, fire hands. These, O oh, Israel, are your gods. That's the golden calf. And that is, to this day, been the god of the charismatic church. These, O oh, Israel, are your gods. Ella. How do you know that's, your, that's still a god you serve? Your Yetzirah is not yet circumcised through ascension on sapphire stones. What is your traversing the Torah? You're receiving the Torah. It wasn't about you receiving your own Ruah. It was never about you receiving your own Ruah so you could do miracles, signs, and wonders and have your own provision of food and drink, clothing, and money. It was always about going up the mountain and receiving the Torah. And even if they didn't want to go up, but somebody else went up, God sent them up, and they brought it back down, can you still receive it? But this time, instead of you just being stuck down there and not being able to go up, it's a greater covenant, an eternal covenant, that even if someone went up before you to bring it down, there doesn't have to be separation between the man on top of the mountain and you anymore because because of the blood of Jesus poured out his Shekinah blood and his physical blood that he poured out you can go up 
even if you've been in the orgy in the sand with the golden calf. There's an opportunity to repent and go up. That's the difference this time. Back then, they screwed it up. Old Covenant, they couldn't go up. They, they said no the first time. Bring the people up and let me make them holy. No. <laughs> you go up and then tell us what God wants to do. He wants to change that. He wants you all to go up. Amen. And become a white rose and receive a Yuchita and have real Shavat, Shavat of the eternal covenant, which is the receiving of the Torah on sapphire stones. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Count, counting of the Omer until the receiving of the Torah. From the Omer, Passover, barley to the wheat. Wheat, heart, the wheat offering. To have a wheat offering, there has to be a wheat harvest. You know that? Mm-hmm. Choosing the fire rose vav, power at Pentecost, but rejecting the Torah leads into idolatry and immorality. That's the Church of Jezebel. That's the Tower of Jezebel that has a leading demon over... I've seen every single church building made by human hands as a demonic cat. They receive the worship. They receive all the, the honor, the offerings, the things that happen there. They harvest soul energy because people are serving their own ruah as God, thinking it's the Holy Spirit. And it, the ruah is meant to be a throne for God. It's a throne by nature. When you get in that golden calf activity that we talked about in rejecting apostolic leadership of the Zadik like Moses, that's when it's it's open game for principalities to sit on people's ruah and they think they're trying to do a good job. I just trying to provide for my family. Food, clothing, money, miracles, signs and wonders. And it's all the seven halls of hell of the clippeth sapphire stones uncircumcision. And then we wonder why everything's so messed up. That's why it's messed up. And no matter how hard they try, the false love, no matter how pure they try to be, they're still false love fornication. They might not be fornicating with their bodies yet, but they're fornicating with their invisible bodies, which is still wrong. Yeah. That's why Jesus said, if, of the heart. that's what Jesus called out. He came to intensify it, not mm -hmm. to, you know, he came to fulfill it. They're like, well, what, okay, so you're not having sex with them, but you're doing, you're fornicating with your heart. What is that? Your heart, your soul. What's in your blood? Your heart pumps what? Blood. What's in the blood? The nefesh is in the blood, it's written. What's that? Your layer of soul. So when you're lusting after someone with your eyes, your invisible body that looks just like you, it's like that clear ethereal part of you, actually goes to that person and has sex with them and fornicates with them. And so you're actually a fornicator and an adulterer and you think you're good because you tried. Oh. <laughs> But there was still a sexual impulse. Why are you feeling sexual impulses? Because you're fornicating with your invisible body. So don't just be obedient with your behemoth. Well, my behemoth hasn't even hardly had sex with anybody in like almost a year now. I'm doing good. You know, or like I haven't, or super, I have never had sex with anybody but my one spouse and I was always perfect. But then you're like emotionally lusting after men or after women. But you're in vit, so a lot I'm of them good because my outside the religious devil right inside their hearts. Yeah, self righteousness. Yeah, so they might be. So if you're in pride and self righteousness, then you're probably fornicating with a demon. So your invisible body, and now guess what? You have four layers of ruah. They to often sin have with. children with demons too. Yeah, and they propagate the demon eggs. And they're, okay. that's why they're covered in other spirits that they created through their intimacy with demons. Mm -hmm. True, anyhow. It's pretty bad. But we have a solution. Don't forget about it too much. Don't despair. Everybody's like ready to go home and repent. Remember, we told the familiars, your familiars are waiting outside. If you repent, 
that's the beauty of this. I've seen them before where we bind them, keep them outside. Uh, one of the nights I went upstairs to the second floor and I saw outside of the little window, even through a little frosted glass, I saw the angel looking uh, demon witch out there. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, look, they're all out there. It worked. The prayer worked. We had to bind them and keep them outside. So your familiars are waiting outside. What does that mean? We already decreed it. And that's for you uh, watching at home. You can receive this. Yeah, that's why we talk about binding up your familiars when you, you tune in or when you come into the studio. So they're waiting out there. So who is it going to be? You or them? Jesus or them? Mm-hmm. Which means, what's the key? If you repent, what did we decree earlier? If anyone in this room repents, then by law, they must be bound and chained and thrown into the eternal abyss in the lake of fire and never bother you, touch you, or harm you or your loved ones again. That means you could be responsible tonight for that demon going permanently into the abyss which means they won't harm a loved one. They're not going to harm anybody else. They will no longer torment you. It's not just going to be a nice atmosphere in here for Joel's bar and then back to the same old problems of yesterday. That means you're ready to change. So whatever that thing is that's out there, is it going to be you or them? We have so many angels here. Hey, hey, woo! We have so many angels here ready to drag those things to hell. It's not a question about angel power. It's not a question about the power of Jesus. It's are you willing to make a change, change your mind, to agree with what? The truth that you've heard tonight. And I just thank you, Father, for the grace for repentance. Let great grace for repentance be released here tonight. And to those people watching at home, great grace to repent. Let your familiars be bound. Let those familiars be bound and chained and removed and thrown into the lake of fire at your repentance tonight, that you be set free, that you will have a permanent change of mind to agree with the truth and to be set free from those demons, that you are a child of God and you will no longer be subject to their impulses or their torments, but be renewed by the revelation that's been given to you on sapphire stones as you receive circumcision of Isaiah. If you agree with those words, even let circumcision angels, and we invite Sandal, Fawn, Elijah. We have a beautiful mm-hmm. front row seat mm, for Elijah. That's open to be present for those here and at home who desire circumcision on their next rung of Isaiah. Whatever they've agreed with the truth, I just ask for the circumcision angels to be released for those mineral level plant level those mineral plant and animal and man level circumcisions to take place now as much as they can possibly receive now let it be released let nothing stop it let nothing stop it let it be released thank you father we praise you father we praise you for the circumcision we praise you for the circumcision of Malkut. We praise you. I thank you for the chariots of Elijah. Thank you for the angels of circumcision. Thank you. Give you the honor and the glory, Jesus. Thank you. Let the spirit of false love be accursed and be cut out. Let it be accursed and cut out. All agreements with Jezebel's tower be cursed. They are transformed. They will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen.
no longer choosing the fire rose of all power of Pentecost, but rejecting the Torah that led into idolatry and immorality, but the true Shavuot of the receiving of Torah, even if you've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit and received a Ruah soul, now you're ready to receive the Ruah of the Torah, which is the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Woo! The wisdom of Torah, the Holy Spirit. And we have a nice picture here for you. This is the 2000s New Testament Sephirot Homer. Well, Pentecost, receiving the Ruach and the Torah. Receive a Ruach soul. Yeah, little people down here. Cool gifts. Let's use it for our nefesh. We can be the most powerful. My Ruach is God. Moses who? And what you have there, that goat you know, of Pan's Labyrinth, or the goat. Just laughing, because it's the same thing, but not today, not for you. Not today, Satan. Not today, Clippeth. Not today, Black Malkut. You're coming up out of Black Malkut. We're just right now lowering everyone who's walking in cosmic righteousness. If you have your cords of righteousness, we're lowering the cords of righteousness even down into Black Malkut, even if you've made your bed in hell. Mm. Grab hold of the cords. We're lowering the cords. You can grab it right now and let them pull you up all the way to Malkut. You'll, get, you'll have to get all four circumcisions, but you're coming out of Black Malkut. You're coming out of hell. Grab onto those cords of righteousness by faith and let them be pulled up. Pull them up. Let be pulled up by faith. It's the hand of Jesus. The hand of Jesus is the cord of righteousness. He's pulling you out. He's pulling you out. He's pulling you out of hell and into his kingdom. He's pulling you out of the hell of bewitched, charismatic Christianity. And he's pulling you into the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. Jesus, yours is the kingdom. He's pulling you out through his righteous ones who serve his throne. Yad, hey, vav, hey, their ruah is becoming a throne for the most high God. He's pulling you out, lifting you up, <laughs> lifting you up. I can see that purple color. He's pulling you out right now. It's all around you. I see it. beautiful. Mm. The angels, wings, refreshing you from everything that you've been through. Fresh, angelic washing. Fresh forgiveness of sins. Your sins are forgiven. Now go and sin no more. Let any one of those last stragglers out there, familiar spirits, be bound up and thrown in the lake of fire. Judgment upon the wicked spirits. And forgiveness for those who are choosing to learn righteousness. Ooh. All right, we have a nice little lamb here. Hey. Mm -hmm. That's just... 
This is the wrath of a little lamb. He's very angry. One more time. You're gonna be a lamb, aren't you? There you go. That's the wrath of the lamb. And this is a. This lamb, baby lamb, needs attention. Do you? <laughs> they just go. You spend time with the shepherd, isn't that nice? Oh, a very nice guy. A nice little lamb. Yeah. Mm. Just needs some attention. You just need some love. Mm. It's nice. Just be close to him. <laughs> oh, guy. Okay. Yeah, he's gonna pet you just like that too. Your nice little lamb. Yeah, good shepherd. Yeah, that's nice. You're gonna be pure and spotless. <laughs> that's just what you need Thank sometimes. You, Jesus. That's nice. I need more. <laughs> I need more. I need more attention and love. He's got rivers for you. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Rivers of the Lamb. Oil of joy. Mm. Everything he's received from his Father is poured out on you. That's what coming to the river and drinking is all about. Thirsting for his divine love, which is righteousness above, coming down sapphire stones. Holy Torah. The wisdom of Moses. Fulfilled in Jesus Christ. All you can drink every day from Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless our partners, Lord Jesus. Let their businesses prosper. Let the angel of Bezalel be upon all our marketplace conquerors, marketplace pioneers, frontline faithful businessmen using everything God's given them to advance the kingdom in the marketplace. 11 out of 12 tribes, business pioneering. Mm. And what did they do? They'd bring everything to Moses and Aaron for God until Moses and Aaron had to say, it's enough offerings. I don't think there's ever been a ministry to this very day like Moses and Aaron that said, Guys, we have enough gemstones. There's so much gold given by the businessmen that we literally have no more place to put the gold. But how many of y'all know that's what Torah says? They, get, they gave so much silver and gold and gemstones in Torah that Moses and Aaron said, it's so much we don't even need anymore. There's so much silver, gold, and gemstones from the Israel the 11 tribes of marketplace business that we have to tell them to stop giving because we don't have anywhere to put it. The Levites didn't have any place to put it. So they told them to stop giving. I prayed to God in the name of Jesus Christ, our 11 tribes and this eternal, supernal Israel would learn those same lessons, that the heavens be so flooded through the 11 tribes giving of silver, gold, gemstones, finances, and blessings to the Levites of the full-time ministers of the Apostles of the Lamb in this day, that it just begin to rain gemstones down upon the earth from the heavens because the giving is so great. I believe we'll even have greater offerings than Israel to Moses and Aaron in this day 
because of you receiving the wisdom of Torah, the wisdom of Moses in the new covenant, a greater covenant on sapphire stones, being empowered even more greatly than Bezalel with wisdom and the Holy Spirit, it is written. If you can receive it tonight, amen, to be businessmen for the building of the temple of the sapphire stones of the ten weeks of the heavens to end the curse of the fall. Get a vision for it. It might be over your head. Receive it upon your head, just like Pentecost, resting tongues of fire rested on their heads. Did they understand it? No, absolutely not. They did not. We still don't understand it to this day 2,000 years later. But they received it nonetheless, and they obeyed it, and preached the best they could every day. And many people believed in the name of Jesus Christ with accompanying signs and wonders. So it will be in this time. You're not going to understand all the wisdom of the ages of the sapphire stones coming down. But you can receive it on your head. And you can steward it into your soul. And you can hold it as treasure in you until it changes you within. And you rise on sapphire stones, gemstones above. And then you'll be great in the kingdom through wisdom and obedience and stewarding things that were beyond you, but you treasured them in your hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, learn to treasure the things higher than you in your hearts while they're being ministered to you. Mm. Don't just shred it in your heads. Let it rest upon you Mm. like Pentecost. Let the sapphire stones of the eternal Israel of the heavenly Jerusalem rest upon your heads from the apostles of the Lamb and the twelve tribes of eternal Israel according to the word of God. In Jesus' name. Bless you as you give tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Amen.